Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 over par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season three of the pod where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. Lots of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by a couple top-notch golfers in Manitoba, Charmaine and Darren Hayden. Breezy Bend member Charmaine is a regular at the top of amateur leaderboards across the province. She's also represented the Bison province at national championships. Darren is the CPGA head professional at Corey Oaks and former head of teaching at Golf Town. He's also a golf simulator aficionado. Well, this is a a new one. I don't know if we've ever done it in someone else's house, a podcast. I don't think we have. No, we certainly never recorded a podcast in somebody else's house. No. Yeah, we may have done it in somebody else's house. And this is... Sorry. Uh, Yeah, very uh, Shout out to Silver Heights, 2001 to 2005. Anyways, uh, we may talk about that a little bit later. Um, But as we were driving up, we were wondering, we're in Brigadja Water, or Brigadja Water, whatever you'd like to call it. Without the E. Uh, Yeah, without Without the E. E. And as we're driving up, we're kind of like, oh, this is a bit of a circus, kind of get through. And then we see these (laughs) lights coming from a basement. And sure enough... Yeah. There's a golf simulator down here. And we just knocked on the door. <laughs> we knocked on the door. We had our recording equipment with us. And uh, Darren and Charmaine uh, invited us in and Great played host. some golf. Yeah, played some golf. Great host, by the way. The spread here is fantastic. So what did, what did you? what is all laid out here? We got alcohol. We got nachos. We got licorice. Licorice. Uh, a veggie tray, if you... Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Veggie yeah. tray, yes. Yeah. yeah. I had a piece of celery. I had some celery. I had a lot of cauliflower. That's expensive. (laughs) (laughs) It's expensive these days. Shooters. Lots of shooters. Yeah. Lots of shooters. So what was the rule? The rule? For for bringing beverages. Ah, yes. So, um, so you, so you bring what you want to drink. Um, but if you don't, finish some of it it stays here but mm. you can drink anything you want that's in our fridge as well oh. so, and there's yeah. a lot in the fridge pretty yeah, good deal so our guests have been quite generous so far so that's oh. been nice <laughs> we don't have to replenish to it too much <laughs> yeah and then Wait. the other rules yeah that's the rules for the drink and then uh yeah there's some other rules too well maybe we'll get into those when we talk a little bit about the technology in here but i also want to give a shout out bryce matlashewski he is coming back on. So I'm going to give you the spiel in case you forgot from the previous I season. I did forget, yeah. Yeah, all right. So it is yep. the 18 over par with Mike and JR podcast, and it is proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Give him a call, 204-515-3446. You will also find his information in our link tree. Wow. Yeah, so we that is the content creator 
thing, mm-hmm. I guess, is to have a link tree. Yeah. So we have a link tree. So we'll maybe even link to. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. See, there you go. The folks who listen to our show, they know exactly what that means. It's just in our bio. You click on it and there's a bunch of links that oh. it goes to. So it shows you everywhere you can get the pod. It'll tell a little bit maybe about Corey Oaks. Find a little bit about, about that. All your championships. We should actually make a PDF of this. Oh. And we'll put it on the link tree. We'll get into Charmaine's. Yeah. Which is very nice. Even though you did print in color, you just use one paper and it's on double sided. How about that? Yeah. We could fax it out to everyone. <laughs> fax it out. Yeah, Bryce Malachewski, he's got a fax number. You could check it out in the link Great tree. Fax number. Yeah. And uh, as well, the Nick and Nikki group of DQs, we're going to force them to come back on. So you're going to get some <laughs> treats from them. Uh, DQ Nick, he is in Mexico right now. I think he's trying out some tacos. You were yeah. telling him about tacos? I think he eats. Uh, 15 to 20 tacos a day for four weeks in a row. Uh, And comes back home and sells some cakes. uh, Yeah, sells some cakes. (laughs) But you can check them out in person. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them at DQ Manitoba on Instagram. And guess what? They're also in our link tree. How about that? Yeah, just go to I'll our bio. I'll have to look at this. I think I did. I'll have to put the, can I put the link tree on my personal Instagram? I have done that. Wow. Yeah, the 18 over par link tree is on there and I'm you not, can give us tips yeah if you want to give us tips paypal just do it right there mm. i we don't we don't need them yeah but we always appreciate them i don't uh do wear very well taking care of plants but uh i could probably take care of a link tree <laughs> <laughs> there's mike's humor so dry and we found out that darren here actually went to high school with nick yeah yeah st james boy uh lived there till i was probably in my mid-20s Mid-20s, and now you're in Bridgewater. 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 Without an E. Yeah, <laughs> without, yeah mm-hmm. without an E. For some reason, forgot it. Bridgewater. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I, didn't know I that? learned that today. Oh, you did? Okay. When I was looking up Bridgewater. Yeah. Well, we found it, and uh, we were happy we did. And thanks again for the hospitality. And after all, this is a, a golf podcast. We got to golf a little bit. But let's get into, we'll, we'll wind back the clock. I love doing this and kind of get into how you each got into the game of golf. Well, I guess before we get into that, you guys are a couple, and you're married, recently married. Mm-hmm. How did that courtship begin? I'll let you maybe say it, Charmaine, because he may have a different version of it. Oh, there there is versions. a different version. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2018, we, I, was, uh, I went to the Golf Expo uh, when they had a Golf Expo. So it was at, um, at the Red River X Grounds. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a yeah, the building there, and uh, I just went on my own. I had gone every spring, and just to walk around and talk to some people I knew. And I had in the past, I uh, used to play at the fly-in and I had bought some passes at the, at Quarry Oaks. And, um, I wanted to know if I still, if they expired or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I went up to the Quarry Oaks booth and, uh, Darren and, um, another manager, uh, Mike Pittman were standing at the booth and I just asked about the passes and he said he would, uh, email me and let me know if I still had the passes, if they were still, um, or how many I had cause they mm-hmm. hadn't expired. Um, so just a little small talk. And then I went, um, went and hit some balls in the, in the nets they had there, hit some new drivers and then left that and just turned around and there was Darren again. And just, uh, he, we basically had the same conversation we had at the booth. I don't know if he remembers that. Um, but I had <laughs> something about the passes again. <laughs> I think, and well, we already talked about this, but, um, uh, I had been whining a little bit. Apparently I was whining about oh. how I didn't have a lot of people to golf with. And that's why I hadn't used my passes out at Quarry Oaks. So, uh, and then he said, well, you know, if you want to come out and, uh, we can get a game and uh, I'd be happy to golf with you. So, uh, that was March, I guess, or beginning of April. 
And then um, I waited till about June and I just emailed him and I said, oh, I'd love to get a game in. And uh, that's kind of how it started. So, yeah. And then golf uh, brought you together. Golf brought us together. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Most of that's true. Yeah. Most of that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he claims that he, he, you know, when he invited me, it was just, that's, he was just being the friendly golf pro and inviting me out no, to his course. Like, no like, like other than being a host. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he would have done that for everybody, but yeah. No. yeah. It, she played a pretty hard violin at the, at the booth about, I don't have anyone to play with. I'm this really good female golfer. None yeah, of you no, that's not how I sound. To play with me. None of the men want to play with me because I'm going to beat them. So she was upset. She had no one to play with. So she hasn't used any of these uh, passes that she had purchased, which never expire, by the way. And uh, so I, I said, well, I'll play with you. You know, let's set up a game. Let's do this. I'd heard about Charmaine. I'd never met her. Um, but a few people, I'm obviously I have a lot of Steinbach uh, people that work for me at the course. And uh uh, I knew who she was through reputation only. Um, and so I said, yeah, let's play. I want to, I'm curious myself to see how she hits a golf ball. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a month kind of actually, um, put it on the back burner cause you know, golf course opens, you get busy and, and a lot of things happening there. And, uh, then yeah, she sent me an email and that kind of got connected set up our first game and this first game led to the second game, which led to the third game. So yeah, actually our first game, uh, first game, we played nine holes and Darren thought, Oh, hey, we're done. Like, thanks for the, the game. Was, yeah. <laughs> it was just like going to clean up his clubs. And I said, well, no, we're playing 18, right? Like, I don't, I don't like playing nine holes. I love playing 18, mm -hmm. just right. playing the full game. Right. So he was a little surprised like, Oh, okay, well let's go and play 18. And we were pretty, pretty close on the front nine. And then I just fell apart on the back nine. So I should have stopped oh, after you're nine wooed. holes. But <laughs> you're wooed by his hip movements. I've yeah. seen him here today in the simulator. He knows how to get those hips through the zone. Yeah. I think she, she, she thought she had me going to the back nine because, you know, she, um, she came there, had time to hit balls. I was getting a shotgun on the golf yeah. course at 5.30. We're teeing off right at 6. I've been there since 6.30 in the morning. Like, she's got me on my 14th hour of the day. Like... <laughs> She probably felt pretty confident going to that yeah. back nine. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your fourth win, and next thing you know, so you guys just played golf some more, and then... Yeah, he came decided, out to Breezy. I think mm. it was our second game at Breezy. Um, It might have been. It might have been two at Quarry, and then at Breezy, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then went out for dinner, and yeah, and I went from there. Wow. So you went after the first person that could beat you at golf. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up until that point, well, we, we've seen the list and the resumes are, are impressive and we'll get into it a, a little bit as well. And so I guess then you pop the question, you guys got married, did you get married down south? Where about did you guys get married? Uh, we got married on December 27th, like just over a month ago yeah. at mm -hmm. Breezy Bend. Wow. Yeah. Had an evening wedding and just under 70 people and... Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was a good nice. spot. It's where she's been a member for mm -hmm. a while now. Um, Breezy treats her very, very well there. Corey and Chris are, you yeah, guys know. It's a fantastic you've met place them. to be. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere. She loves it there. The They embrace the competitive nature. As you know, there's several elite players yeah. that are members at Breezy, and they love having elite players represent their course. So she fits right in there. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently so. And so I guess it was the honeymoon because I saw some Mexico pictures yeah, Mexico that we pictures. flew out the next morning at 645. Oh, no. After our wedding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we were tired. Um, we flew to Calgary and then down to Mexico, um, just south of Cancun. 
Um, we had no problems with our flights, uh, though we didn't get our luggage for two days. So oh, no, then we were days. worried about, are we going to get our golf games in? We had three, Darren had arranged three golf games um, and we didn't know what was going to happen, right? But the, the clubs showed up. We were just on the second night. We were about to, we were going to bed, actually got a phone call and some some taxi guy, I guess, was coming for WestJet <laughs> and delivering our luggage with our clubs. So right. thankfully wow. we got our games and though we ended up playing three days in a row yeah, we just and we were just beat by the games. third day. Oh, right. Where about did you play down there? Was it Riviera Maya that you guys went to or where? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Along that strip that. just north of Played to Carmen. Yeah. Um, we played uh, three really good golf courses, including Mayakoba, which was oh, okay. formerly the PGA Tour stop. Uh, I think Victor Holland's won there a couple of times. And uh, most recently, it's going to be the first 2023 event for Live. Uh, and oh, when we really? were there, okay. they had banners up for Live Golf everywhere. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. they're really pumping that right, right. now. So, I mean, you could tell it was a tour caliber facility. Yeah. It was a nice, it was a special treat. But yeah. all three courses were amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were the other two? Did you uh, Yeah, a uh, Barrow Star. Um, Paracio Maya. Yes. Beautiful course. Very That's good That's what I played course. last year. I'm going oh, there again. Okay. Lots of slope. We loved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. very nice course. I like that it has a little bit of side banks. So if you mm-hmm. get those little wayward drives, it kind of holds it in. Yeah. Really interesting um, course. Very yes. opposite to Mayakoba, which does the opposite. It, it oh, kind of turtle okay. backs mm. towards the edges. The interesting thing about Mayakoba is every edge is a hazard. It's all red staked, the entire oh. golf course. So basically everything's an island fairway. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, so it, and you don't realize that watching it on TV and I'm like, boy, these pros not only hit it far, but they hit it very straight too. Cause you're offline. It's you're dropping a ball. Mm-hmm. It's a penalty right. shot. Why would so they do that? It's well, just the lay of the land. Like it's all swampland and it's, uh, it goes from like rough to you can't even play it. Like, and yeah. there's an alligator five feet away. You're right. You, so. Yeah. Gators. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Well, they, uh, they, it's called mangroves. I think like, it's just this tangly oh, bush yeah. and like, you can't even go in there. Even you if you saw your ball, there. like yeah. it's yeah. And who knows what's there. in there. Yeah. Exactly. I guess it would do well for your game though. Cause you're straight and far down the, yeah. down the pipe there. So that makes sense. Yeah. And the third course was grand coral. It's uh, I had actually played it previously like a decade ago and went back and they've under new management and they've really cleaned it up. It's a fantastic golf course. It's just South of Mayakoba. Like it's almost next door neighbors to it. Mm. Yeah. So all three courses were a little bit different. They were all well manicured and they were fantastic. I mean, you could have arguments for each being your favorite. Yeah. It was very interesting. It was hot. It was 30 degrees, a little bit of wind, but yeah, yeah, we were tired by the third day. We put one of our games was New Year's day and we had a big party on the beach for New Year's Eve and (laughs) we were up quite late and yeah, we were tired the next morning. (laughs) 10 a.m. tea time felt like about 5.30 tea time. Yeah, 5.30 a.m. Yeah. Well, I'd say you probably have some experience with that, just rolling out of bed here in the PJs and maybe come down and hit a few in the basement. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nowadays it doesn't happen as quickly because we got to stretch and you know, you're a little stiff now. So <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you, what did we see here earlier? The Theragun? The Theragun. Yeah. 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 The Theragun right the here as well. <laughs> daily tool. I think it's used all the time. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. We'll put that in the link tree. We got nachos, <laughs> drinks, Theragun. <laughs> I don't, we're not even going to leave. I don't all think we're going to leave. All yeah. numbing cats, agents. Yeah. Just yeah. Numb you. <laughs> <laughs> Love the cats. We only saw the one. So what was the one cat that we saw that was Grady. Grady, okay. Yeah. And you have two others. Yes, uh, we have um, Goldie and Poa. Okay. Yeah. And so when Darren and I uh, moved in together, um, 
I had two cats and he had two cats. And mm. so they had to learn how to get along. So we had four for Crowell. So my, wow. t- my two are quite older. Um, like the one, we just put one down, uh, right before Christmas, which was so hard to, yeah. to put a cat down. I've never had to put a, put a pet down wow. before. And I've had him old. since he was two. So he's been in my oh, life for yeah. 17 years. That was mm. Jambo. And then, uh, the black one we have Poa, she's 16 and then Darren's are younger, oh, uh, four and, and four. Yeah. Yep. So, so just as they were learning to get along, you guys are learning how to get along. Exactly. Oh, so that's perfect. Yeah. That yeah. So Grady comes down here and hangs out with us. He doesn't mind the the hitting, like all the, the noise, mm-hmm. uh, but the other two you won't usually see. They, they don't like yeah. the sound, so they'll yeah. stay upstairs. The hitting of the golf balls, to clarify for the listeners. <laughs> yes. Because uh, there's, there's a sim downstairs in the basement. But, yeah. And we'll touch on that. As I keep on mentioning, oh, we're going to touch on that a little bit later. Meanwhile, we've been we 15 got, We got a lot to get into. We do have a lot to get into. And I want to know how each one, like each of you got into the game of golf. So you guys can pick. Go ahead, Charmaine, you want to start? Yeah, sure. How do you, okay. you start? So um, uh, I grew up just outside of Enola, um, east of Oak Bank. Mm-hmm. 10 miles east of Oak Bank. So we had a five acre lot, quite a bit of grass, um, some bush and a lot of um, uh, sprinkled out trees. So lots of single trees. And um, I have a brother that's two years older than me. So my dad um, learned how to play golf when he was a teenager. And so growing up, um, my dad taught me how to swing, taught me some of the basics. My brother was very competitive. And so I became very competitive and we mm-hmm. always played, um, made up these golf courses around the, the yard. And so I had, you know, like a wedge or a nine iron or what, some, some old rusty club from my dad. And uh, that's how I started just playing these, these make-believe courses. And so a tree would be like the flag, right? Mm-hmm. Or we had a hi- like one hydro pole in the front yards. So that would be a, that would be one of the holes, right? So, um, so that's how I started. My dad, yeah, my dad um, showed me how to play and then played a few games at the fly-in. That was some of my first games. Um, we were about 25 minutes uh, north of the fly-in. I hated it actually, because it's had, it just had so much water. Like mm-hmm. I just like felt like, you know, as a nine-year-old, it felt like I hit it in every water hazard possible. <laughs> Um, so I didn't actually like the fly in at that point very much. Um, and then when I was 10, my dad and my brother and I, uh, joined Pine Ridge. And so I grew up playing there. I played there till I was 18. So that was a fantastic course to play at, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad always gave me tips and, um, I didn't do a lot of lessons actually until I was in my early twenties. I started taking lessons. Like my, I think one of my first formal lessons was maybe 17 or 18. Oh. Um, so I just, took a lot of advice from my dad. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's, so that's how I got started. It was mainly my dad. Mm. Did he give you your first set of clubs? Uh, yes. I, um, so I used, I don't know what they were actually. I was thinking about this question. Uh, I know they were pink. They had pink handles. I like were pink grips. I should say, uh, I had a pink phase when I joined Pine Ridge, like pink bag. I had a pink putter that like the putter head was pink, um, pink golf balls, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and I remember the grips were pink, but I don't know what kind they were. It was a half set. Um, always had a hand me, uh, always had a hand me down driver mm-hmm. for my dad. Um, I think my first, uh, I guess my first full set were Rams. They were my dad's <laughs> hand me downs and they were so heavy. Like they were like, yeah, the just super heavy, but I used them for like five or six years. And then I got, um, and then I got a set of Titleists, Titleist irons, um, in my early twenties. And then my first set that I bought for myself uh, were called. They were the brand was is uh, Weishan. I don't know if you've ever heard oh, of that. No, uh, I had never heard of it either. So I actually went and saw um, 
a gentleman by the name of Jacques Levac, and he uh, is known as the club fitter. So he works wow. now out of um, uh, St. Vital Golf Center okay. through with um, with uh, Golf Mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Adam and Glenn, um, but he used to work out of Lorette. So um, that's why I went to see him at Lorette and he fit me for these Wishon clubs. It's a brand from the States and he swore mm. by them. So yeah, so I played with those for quite a while and then I got the set I have now, which are, uh, the irons are um, tailor-made. So, and yeah, my woods have been, um, they're, they're titleists now because Darren's been pushing me towards titleists. Oh, really? so. <laughs> I was going to say, being at Breezy, EJ's probably in your ear with TaylorMade as well as yeah, everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Um, I love my TaylorMade irons, but I think Darren really wants me to get some Titleists <laughs> next year. There's, I think they're six years old now, so it's maybe time mm. to get some new ones. So yeah. And what do you play? Because you're tall. Mm-hmm. Let's be, let's be honest about it. Your nickname here on the, on the screen is tall one. Yeah. When you play golf. So is like, what are your specs then when you're getting your clubs? Or maybe Darren might know a little bit more about it if he's uh, yeah, you trying know, to I'm work not, you into uh, that. Yeah, I'm not big into the the technical mm-hmm. stuff in terms of equipment. Um, my putter is definitely longer than average. I mm-hmm. don't know what it is. You probably do you know what my putter is? It'd be a mid length putter for me, but <laughs> 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 it's, uh, I think you're 35 and a half, 36 yeah, inch putter. I, I think so. Yeah. Mm. And my clubs are. But are they, they ladies or they stand like no, men's, men's steel? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Men's, I think your irons right. are half inch over men's standard length and a women's standard length club is would be good, yeah, about an inch short. shorter than a men's. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's it's a I, lot that's more than a typical wondering Cause I just went like, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I am six feet tall. Okay. So yeah. Six Darren thinks I'm six one. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the folks in this uh, building are not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to be careful with our wedding pictures. We asked the photographer to, oh, yeah. you know, take Get pictures at certain crates. angles. Yeah. yeah. So Darren would I look about the same height as me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tom Cruise on the set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise ain't that tall. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And, uh, all right. And how about yourself, Darren? Uh, very different path to golf. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not play golf growing up at all. I did not have a junior career at all. Wow. Um, I got introduced to the game by a friend's dad when I was probably 13, 14. Played Cottonwood, I think it was, and shot 132. And I remember that wow. because my friend shot 133 and I beat him by one. I was super excited by that. Nice. So that was round one when I was 13 or 14 and then didn't really play it. Um, you know, I don't consider myself a golfer if I play once or twice a year, like I bowl once or twice a year. I don't call myself a bowler. Right. right? (laughs) So when you play golf, I mean, then you're a golfer when you're playing it on a regular basis. So I didn't really start, um, probably till I was 17, I would say I started playing a little bit more. Um, first job I ever had was at St. Charles country club. I was 15, 15 and a half years old. And I've been in the golf industry ever since. Uh, I just got a job um, back in the day, St. James guys. Uh, there used to be a flyer, the Metro, that came around, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a job posting in there. They were hiring, and I, I got a job busting tables in their dining room and uh, uh, valet parking. And then when I became of age, I was bartending and doing all sorts of things in the clubhouse. And uh, this same friend, uh, friend's dad that got me into the game um, asked me, Oh, are you allowed to play at St. Charles, you know, as an employee? And I said, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we can. And he <laughs> actually got mad at me. He yelled at me. I'm getting mad like, at you right now. Listening. Like, are you Hello. kidding me? I've been playing golf for 45 years. I've never been played that golf course. You have the opportunity to play it every day and you don't. He like yelled at me. And I'm like, huh, maybe I should start playing golf there if it's such a privilege. And yeah. I didn't realize what I had. Right. Right. So 
I started playing a little bit and uh, I picked the game up pretty quickly. I think probably by the time I was started playing when I was 17, by the time I was 18, I was breaking 80. So pretty quick, um, young athletic, right? So was able to kind of figure it out, didn't take lessons or anything. Uh, my family didn't play golf at all. Um, my dad's self-proclaimed worst golfer on planet earth. Um, but my uncle was a hell of a we player. Saw, we saw the yeah. Yeah, divot the, in the yeah, wall there yeah. that proves it down <laughs> yeah, here. Thanks dad, drywall. You should have got him to sign it. Yeah. 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 Sign a waiver. We're going to put a plaque up there, I think. Yeah. yeah. Frame it. And- uh, my <laughs> uncle was, uh, so it's in the blood because my uncle actually won Manitoba seniors, uh, Larry mm. Hayden, shout out to my uncle, uh, back in, I think 2000 or 2001. So, um, it's there somewhere in the family and, I just started playing uh, at St. Charles a little bit more, was getting good, starting to break 80 a little bit. Didn't really have much of an amateur career. Uh, I had a friend who was also a bartender in the clubhouse uh, who told me about uh, one of the golf management programs. Uh, I know you've had lots of people on mm-hmm. uh, who went to the Lethbridge yep. uh, College. Well, I went to their rival college, which was Grant McEwen in Edmonton, just north of there. Okay. Um, and uh, Golf hotbed. Yes, yes. we actually had a little Ryder Cup with Lethbridge (laughs) each year, um, the the two colleges. Yeah, Mm. it was pretty cool. And uh, so I did the golf management program, which I'm sure you know a little bit about. It's basically a business admin uh, degree you get with the flavor of of golf. Everything's golf themed. All your assignments are related to golf industry. And obviously there's golf specific classes you take Mm -hmm. on top of that, um, which makes perfect sense for the path that you're heading down. So... I did that. And once I got back, um, I was still working there seasonally at St. Charles and I made the transition to the pro shop. Um, cause that's where the golf action is. I don't need to be serving beers anymore at that point. <laughs> and, uh, worked in the back shop, was the back shop manager, uh, worked a little bit in the pro shop, got to work with some pretty awesome pros. Uh, Kathy Burton worked with Corey Cartouche when he was this assistant there, Dean North. Um, and that's where I kind of got my start and I played in, I think in 2000 or 2001 at Portage, Portage Golf Club. And uh, yeah, been a pro ever since, bounced around a little bit, but that's Mm kind of how I got into the game. It was very late start for me. Didn't really have much of an amateur career, um, which I kind of regret to this day. I mean, I hear so many great stories about all these guys you've interviewed and oh, they had this playing since they were 10 or 12 Mm -hmm. and they won this junior event and that junior event. I'm like, oh man, I kind of missed the boat. (laughs) (laughs) There's still hope for the older guys. That's That's right. right. There's always senior tour. For older people, you can still still make it. You you said played in. Was that your player ability test? Was that Portage? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So back, it's a little bit different now, but back in the day, uh, you might've heard this. uh, It's 30, used to be 36 holes in one day. Yes. Walking. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that that's a tough test, uh, not just physically, but mentally. It's straining because usually after the first 18, you kind of know how you're swinging that day and what your first round score was. And you kind of have a sense whether you're in the hunt. You you had an idea of what the number was going to be. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I'll tell you what, and every pro will probably attest to this, your playability test, even though on any given round, you can, you had the skill level to easily achieve that when you're playing for your career, it's a lot tougher when you know, this is it. Like these mm. are, these are the rounds that are, it's the final exam, right? Yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you're playing for your career. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure and, uh, I still remember that round, uh, and will for the rest of my life. I was really close, made the turn. I was playing great in the second round. And then on the 11th hole, which is a really hard hole at Portage, uh, I made a triple bogey. And then I got to the next hole, par three, made a bogey. And then I sat down on the bench and I just sat there for two minutes taking deep breaths going, 
okay, we're not going to let this slide. You know, I just kind of calmed myself, refocused. And then I mm. think I was even par the rest of the way in and made it by one or two. So it wow. was, uh, but it's again, it's that one of those things I'll never forget, right? It's that breakthrough moment. Um, you know, some people, it's no problem. They're, they're such skilled players. They, they whiz through it, but uh, it's it, when you're playing for your career, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts of getting a card? Charmaine or no? No. No, that totally different career. Mm, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me, and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wealthsimple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at, at the end of the day, you get what you you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce matlashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 fair enough well i've seen even from these notes here like you are already a provincial team member as a junior Yes. So you've been pretty much successful then all the way through your, your amateur career yeah, almost it's, here. It's been a little up and down. I mean, I had a couple of breaks where I didn't mm-hmm. play for a chunk of time. We're just focusing um, more so on your career at that point. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, I had with my um, significant other at that time uh, in my twenties, we traveled a lot and oh, so, okay. um, and he didn't golf. So then we just, we, I didn't spend a lot of time on golf. Mm, sounds like a shit human being. <laughs> He doesn't like golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm married to a golf yeah. pro now. So. <laughs> I felt like it was safe to say that right. based on the circumstances. Yeah. And based yeah. on your listeners. <laughs> yeah, I started my yeah, I started playing in tournaments when I was fifteen or so. And uh yeah, it's it's been a great career. I've I've been pretty consistent. Um I haven't won a lot. Um, I tend to, I'm a really good top three player. Oh, okay. She's like, <laughs> like Matt Kuchar on the yeah, Twitter. I'm, yeah. Maybe that's going to be machine. my nickname. Yeah. Hey, that's the, not bad. Uh, Cooch. He's pretty tall yeah. too, isn't he? Yeah, he's very tall. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. There we go. That could be it. Who's, who he's in there? <laughs> 
He's like a modern day ATM, <laughs> not Kuchar. Yeah, butcher that. Yeah, print that yeah. money. Yeah, Louis Oosthuizen. Oosthuizen. Yeah, going he's for always it. the uh, the runner up, the bridesmaid. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the runner up. I like that one, Cooch. Anyways, well, we're working on. It. Yeah. Put a little shop time in there on that, Mike. I know you got a, a flurry of questions. I got oh, a, I got go. a, a bunch of. You want me to go? Okay. You go. Um, I know. So making like getting your card, you know, playing for your career. Do you guys ever talk about like similar vibes if you're ever in contention in any tournaments with that? Or you're kind of like, ah, <laughs> eh, you know, this is still golf, but it seems like you are still a very competitive person. And I think you kind of mm-hmm. need that to be that top three Matt Kuchar kind of player in this game. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah. We do talk about yeah. golf a lot. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, obviously it's a major thing we have in common mm-hmm. uh, for sure, but we're, we're a team. Right. She caddies for me. I caddy for her. Mm -hmm. We're each other's biggest supporter. Mm -hmm. And uh, it goes beyond just on the golf course. When we're off the golf course, we, you know, we're not not sitting at home 24 seven strategizing golf, but we'll talk about it and and try to help someone through a rough patch or whatever the case may be, whatever they need to hear. Right. And Mm -hmm. we're there for them. We're each other's support team. Yeah. We do have a, a, like a bit of a different um, look on things. Um, I don't know if that's the way to put it, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Perspective. Yeah. Um, like when I'm in a tournament or I'm, you know, let's say if I'm in the lead or I'm in the top, like top three, let's say mm-hmm. going to the final round, um, I I'm try to remain very calm and I just, you know, you hear a lot of them, a lot of the uh, elite amateur players in Manitoba say, you know, sticking to the process and just trusting your swing. And, and I'm just try to stay very even keel. Um, whereas Darren is more, a bit more emotional oh. and he, and more uh, <laughs> analytical where mm-hmm. he'll talk about, you know, well, if you shoot this, then you probably will win. And I don't focus a lot on, on score at all. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, I can be playing my final round and I know if I'm playing well or not, but I might not even know what my score is. And he's trying to encourage me to think a little bit more about that because it might change how I play in the coming hole in the final mm-hmm. holes if mm-hmm. you're close. But um, I have found so far um, that, yeah, just kind of staying, st- sticking to my plan and my process and not focusing on the score and just trusting what I can do and just try to play my best um, seems to be, seems to work for me. Um, so we do have some disagreements sometimes, um, just just on how we approach a certain round or a game, a certain tournament. It's um, like the way, the way we think our way around a golf course is different. Exa- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and not that one way is better than the other. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been interesting. It's creates some interesting conversations, but we're both accepting of the way we, um, we approach the game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but it takes, I know our first few times um, last year, he caddied for me. Um, it takes a few games to kind of figure things out, like how, you mesh right because mm-hmm. i mean you can be a couple but when you get into that caddy player situation right. it's it's a little different right like when i caddy for darren i don't give him him, him advice um when he caddies for me he wants to give me advice i don't necessarily <laughs> want it though because <laughs> yeah. he's the golf pro right and <laughs> over coaching yeah a little bit over coaching and so we, the first few rounds that he ever caddied for me yeah we had to um I just had to tell him to, Kate, just let me, let me go through my thought process. I know what I'm doing. And then I'll ask you if I need something. So it takes, took a little bit of adjusting. Um, Listen, but, bud, just carry the club. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up and shut up. <laughs> um, but it's great. Yeah I, yeah. I totally agree. Obviously that we make a really, really good team. And now that we've um, caddied for each other and 
uh, several times now. It's we've got a really good vibe going. So and I just love it. I actually love I love caddying for him because um, it's like it's so easy. It's, mm. it's, it's like, there's no stress for me because oh, like compared to a, compared to a competition when I'm the player and he's carrying my clubs, like, you know, yeah. it's all on me, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm just, you're just, it's a much different position when I'm caddying. I just so much, you just like enjoy it so much more. Not that I don't enjoy competition, but, um, yeah. it's not that pressure, right? Who's, uh, pressure. who's got the lighter bag? I do for does, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh. She's got so much stuff. In her bag. <laughs> I have more golf balls in my bag. Yes. Than she does. Okay. Bag and still it's, it's lighter. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just different layers of clothes. I get cold super easy. So I mm. need to have like tons of layers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else I would have in there, but it's just, it's heavy. yeah, Mine I almost is, always bring a, an umbrella for competitions unless it's like 0% rain because <laughs> I don't want to get wet. Um, I that yeah. Zambuca bottle in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you're trying to get us on the Zambuca <laughs> shots and we were like, Oh no, just for the record, not for during golf Manitoba. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked about that. I think the first episode where it was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go play in the mid am or whatever. Right. Have a few beers. Have a few beers. <laughs> like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 it's not allowed. You can't do that. <laughs> after, yeah. It's after, yeah. after, after, it's okay. Side note, I was lifting my bag into your, your car today, mm-hmm. and then I was like, why is this so heavy? And I, I probably have like 50 balls in there right now. And I was like, okay, Mike, it's winter, and anywhere you're playing golf is supplying the balls, yeah. so I should you're probably... You're not losing a lot of the sims. Yeah. No, 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 no not. But uh, that's uh, funny. It is. Well, even like with my wife she picked up my bag and she's like oh this bag is so heavy i'm like really it's like lighter than the other one yours was pretty i've lifted yours too today it's very heavy i, I don't, don't know. know why i got like 70 clubs in there maybe mine, it's the orange ball thing i think in there. so you're uh that might be it my swing aid my there. swing aid mm-hmm. which you which i was i was worried i was like oh maybe i won't be able to get the swing aid in here the orange ball but sure enough oh these they do these high ceilings i don't know if you want to get into yeah that let's right, get okay. into the ceilings because first I of love all ceilings. this is yeah this, this was a whole production we mentioned driving up mm-hmm. you see it from the road and you mentioned the mailbox the community mailbox is right there shout out to canada post um, but you can see <laughs> big cat yeah <laughs> shout out to my brother-in-law uh, you can see it from the mailbox, from the street, like driving mm-hmm. up, so you know exactly where to go. But you said you built this place around the golf simulator. Yeah, we start we were when we were looking at. Um well, we first started looking at existing homes and trying to find one that had a high enough ceiling in the basement and then mm. we could just build in the, the sim. Um, but then we re- quickly realized that that just wasn't much out there like that that would fit. Yeah, you're not going to retrofit. It's a pretty unique Exa- space. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So we went to, um, you know, Parade of Homes and we ended up at a house um, made by Discovery Homes and we really liked their agent that we were talking to and he was a golfer. He is a golfer. Guy that I was a member at Elmhurst when I was there. And- uh-huh. Naturally, it's a connection, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then we started looking at their uh, house plans and we started with the basement first because we know that <laughs> Darren already knew he had been doing a lot of research. He already knew what kind of space we needed. And so, yeah, we started with the basement, which most people don't usually do. They want to see the first and second mm-hmm. floor layout. I'm and- with you, though. Like, I love basements. It, and okay. I think it's it's a, a very maybe a Manitoba thing, but I'm a big basement guy. Right. I like basements. It's kind of like your own space for sure that you can make your own, that you can really do whatever the hell you want with it. Absolutely. And with our winters, right? You want to have yes. the space in the house and you want to have that playroom, so to speak. Yes. Right. So yeah. So we started with the basement. Well, this is a playroom. Yeah. And then, so I'll tell you that much. <laughs> my oh goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like 
how can, how can how can we put point? what we're looking at into words? But uh, well, you guys do it. You guys have you built it. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> it's really funny because when we like Charmaine said, we looked at a few different models of homes and whatnot. Once we decided on our builder, they have several different models, mm-hmm. and they're creatures of habit, and they're just they're just showing you the the layout of main floor and second floor. Mm-hmm, right, like, absolutely. Yeah. Can I, I see the blueprint of the basement? And the, they look at us like we were nuts. Like <laughs> no one ever asked to see yeah. the basement layout. Like <laughs> right. it's, it's drywall and cement. Like what, yeah, do, you, what yeah. do you want? I'm like, no, no, we're finishing our basement and we have a couple special requests. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to finish the basement before we finish the upstairs. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the other way around. Pri- priority one. So there was a lot, that, it was a good builder because they were very custom. They were yes guys. And we had to make a lot of modifications to make this space doable. Um, you know, obviously we had to, a standard basement has eight to eight and a half foot ceilings. Well, this is 10. Uh, mm. They had to change structurally the steel beam and the joists and everything. So it affects everything going up, right? And uh, we were willing to make certain sacrifices because we weren't willing to make them on this room. And right. we knew, I mean, Charmaine and I are golfers and we will be for the rest of our lives. We're very passionate about it. And this was priority one for us. We knew this is something we wanted in our our forever home. Mm-hmm. And we're never, we weren't ever planning on moving. And we're like, this is it. Like, we want this. And it's a usable space for movies. We're big movie fans too. So we watch a lot of TV and movies down here. But it's a fantastic space for us to practice and play in the winters because our winters are half half the year. And, uh, uh, it also gives me an opportunity to make a secondary income teaching in the winters. Um, I have students here all the time using the facility. So we call it our, our golf studio. Yeah. Hato's Mm. golf studio. I saw the the Mm -hmm. sign walking down the stairs, but before we get into the technology, Mm -hmm. like how big is this screen that we were hitting at? So that's a 15 foot wide by probably nine and a half feet tall screen. Uh, the room's 15 and a half by 10, uh, and it's about a little over 27 deep uh, with some space behind the screen for recoil of the shot. Mm-hmm. So everything was very, very mapped out and, and well communicated to our builders because you know how it works. You say you need a room 15 feet and then they put the studs at 15 feet and then after drywall and everything else, now it's 14 and a half feet. Uh-huh. Well, that right. doesn't work anymore. Right. So we had to be very specific. It needs to be 15 finished, right? Mm. So we actually got a little bit more than that. I think we're 15 and a half. So it's, it's plenty roomy. We've had... Like I mentioned, uh, some pretty tall guys, six foot seven guy, a uh, friend of mine. And, and right or lefty, it he was a lefty. Left. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's yeah, it's center strike. Our our setup here, so you can be right hand, left hand. You have equal amount of space on either side. Um, Technology is really good. I did a lot of research with all the different components. I didn't buy like a in the box simulator. I kind of Frankenstein it with, I want the best of this, the best of this. And I want to go with this certain thing. Cause it's my, my own, it's my house. Right. So we wanted to make it our way and, uh, had lots of time to do the research on it. So mm-hmm. we, it's one of those projects and, and you, I'm sure everyone's done this where you have a vision in your mind of what you want it to look like. Everyone's done that, whether mm-hmm. you're building a deck or anything, and mm-hmm. it never usually comes out quite the way you envision it in your mind. You have this grand idea. This actually came out exactly the way I envisioned it. Like yeah. I wouldn't have changed a thing. Like this is exactly how I wanted it to look finished. Mm. So it got kind of lucky. That that's way. how I envisioned like what my wife was going to be, <laughs> but she turned out better than I ever imagined. I where you're going with that one. Not going to get me. You usually try and save you. I wasn't going to. No, I know you were going to go down that slippery slope. But we've been, we've been here for just over two years. Yeah. Almost two years. Be, 
yeah, end of February, it'd be two years. We moved in on my birthday weekend, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. Um, But during the pandemic, we just spent time. We bought, we started buying the components so we didn't have the cost of it all in one shot. Um, So just the space then was what the builder did. And then you actually... Outfitted, yes. yeah. Darren. The panels, the screen, the projector, the t- the tech. I did all exactly. the electrical, okay. like uh, at the hanging of everything. I did bring in a third party company that I purchased the turf and the screen from, and they actually did the install of that part. But now, having seen them do it. I could probably handle it myself, but you just don't know, right? I'd rather mm-hmm. have a professional do it. Yeah. And uh, they're going to probably do a little bit better job than I am, seeing as I don't know which end of a hammer to use. Yeah. You can blame someone too. I mean, screw exactly. up. That's, that's my thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a warranty on that? So, but uh, yeah, it, yeah I, I was involved in the, on the things I felt comfortable being involved in, which is the more electrical uh, and technology side of things. Yeah. Don't, you don't know how to work a hammer, but you can uh, wire the, the house. Yeah. Go figure. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We wanted, and we wanted all the, all the cords and whatnot hidden. hidden. And like yeah. when you, it's you a know, beautiful space. Yeah. And yeah. when we did it, you know, when they were building it and, we had we had all that planned in advance, right? So we knew everything would be hidden and look look really clean. Yeah, and there's like a bar and lounge area here too. Like it's yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, got a little poker table there and, and bar area, so it's uh, it's, it's a good setup. It's built to entertain. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. And then what 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 is the tech that uh, we are hitting on today? It seems like me and Jr. are somewhat virtual golf experts. We've been apparently, yeah. We've been uh, we went season. to avid there mm-hmm. and they got the uh foresight tech and mm-hmm. the t-box has the golf zon mm-hmm. technology yeah. so what are we working with here yeah you're you're probably familiar with a few of them like foresight mm-hmm. is a well-known one they got a few different models they have a gc hawk which is a ceiling mounted unit mm-hmm. i think breezy bend has those um and avid uh, avid has those GC, yeah. uh, they also have floor units um rossmere uses trackman which is uh, radar based it sits behind you um and that's a cool technology. Uh, I don't know how effective it is for putting, but there's ways around it. And uh, Golfzon uses uh, camera-based technology, uh, very similar to what I have. I have a company called Unicore. It's based out of Korea, which I think is the same technology that Golfzon uses, uh, slightly different um, way it's processed and, and software, but uh, same type of technology. And uh, the gameplay program we I have is E6. I also have another one called GS Pro. So it gives me a couple options with a variety of courses, different graphics, different gameplay. So just wanted to dabble. We're still new in this, only two years. And technology, as you know, changes mm-hmm. all the time. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to get a variety so that we can see what we like the best, what we want to maybe commit to just one moving forward. Uh, but it's been great. The technology is great. I've hit a lot of balls on here. I've had some excellent players over and... Uh, we feel the yardages are pretty spot on and, and not to uh, criticize or downplay any other simulator uh, brand or model out there, but uh, the feedback I've gotten from our guests is that the short game shots, the chipping, the putting on, on this, um, the way it's set up uh, is this most similar to real life that they've experienced on any simulator, which is important, right? Cause you don't mm-hmm. want to just be hitting full swing shots. You want to be able to complete the hole. Right, yeah. and do those final shots. So. I can attest to that as my wedge game Your was money, terrible. Money uh, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> it was not too bad. Again, the first uh, swing I had was suspect, and we hit that mulligan. We found the mulligan <laughs> button pretty fast, quick, fast. <laughs> and then uh, and then Sim Mike was back after the first shot of Fireball, and uh, and we were on our way. But um, yeah, if you haven't listened to a pod recently, Mike is really good at this virtual golf thing. Yeah, we haven't really figured that one out yet. We haven't. No, maybe. maybe 
it was the aim. Did the we aim. Maybe the aim. And uh, I don't know. The he's, mulligan button. Maybe. He's also very good at fireball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you pretty well. Yeah. Like you said, you built the house around the simulator. I was my one of my questions was going to be like, uh, did you have to raise the ceiling or what are the space requirements for one of these? But uh yeah, that's that's pretty amazing that you guys built the house around mm-hmm. this. Because yeah. it was a custom build and um, mm-hmm. uh, started from scratch. So we, like, day one, we told the builders, uh, Discovery Homes, that we needed this height in the basement, and they figured out yeah. how to do it. And it's interesting mm-hmm. because from the outside, it doesn't. It looks like a normal house. Like, right. come down here for the first time. If you don't know that it's down here, it's like, whoa, like, how is this down here? Because yeah. you didn't, don't notice if you mm-hmm. think the house should be, like, super high or something. Everyone's surprised when they get down here because it doesn't seem like it's a house on no. stilts. No. No. So they did, uh, people always said, did they just dig deeper in the ground? They actually did a bit of both. They yeah. So it, we're about a foot and a half uh, higher basement than normal. So they went down half of that more and we are a little bit taller than right. neighbor or the next house. So, yeah. um, so they did a little bit of both to make it work, but I will say this, you know, our builder, they, they were very good at allowing us to be involved in the whole process mm-hmm. at, uh, say, you know, letting us see what they were going to do before they did it. Cause yeah. we were very particular on this space, you know, upstairs, mm-hmm. not nearly as much, but very particular on this space on getting the final details right because we knew what we wanted and I wanted to make sure if I'm going to be using this for teaching it has to accommodate everyone righty lefty all shapes and sizes shout out to Discovery Homes Uh, we are currently (laughs) looking for sponsors official (laughs) home builder of 18 over par but how high is the ceiling Uh, it's uh, 10 feet well finished with the turf and drywalled ceiling it's uh, like Nine foot eleven and a half, or nine foot eleven. Wow. Yeah, but we're cool. not just hitting off mats either. Like this is what you'd find, say, at Avid Golf mm-hmm. or Golf Sun. Like it's the same. They're not just hitting off like a green mat you'd find at a range. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a premium turf. Uh, it's a putting green, uh, and then there's an insert uh, in the striking area, uh, so you can hit down with a wedge, just like you're taking a divot. And and we, again, did a lot of math. There's a subfloor underneath, so that way the striking mat is dead level with the putting green so you can putt right off of it. It's seamless. Mm-hmm. There's not a l- edge or a ledge that the ball's dropping off on. Um, and we even put real putting cups in, not for the simulator, just for practicing down here mm-hmm. where we had to drill into the concrete um, to put in real cups because I wanted to have that depth, that look, and that sound of a ball going in right. the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I looked up the, in his Unicor. Is that how he pronounced Correct. it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how did you come um, uh, and find them? You know, I, it's not like there's a golf simulator store out there. I'm sure there's not a lot of people in Winnipeg with these in their basement. I'm sure you would know, but I'm assuming. <laughs> so I, I usually go to bed by 1030 or so. And then Darren stays up till like midnight or one o'clock. And so that's often during, during the pandemic, for sure. That's when he did all his research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just started especially. Yeah. And then yeah. he'll tell you about this, like Facebook's a great, was a great, isn't still is a great resource um, mm. for asking people questions. Yeah. The, like uh, I'm a golf pro in the winters. So I have a little more downtime than I do in the summer, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um and that Charmaine's exactly right. Uh, in the evenings, I would do my research. I had time. We knew we had a year and a half before the house was getting built. And uh, I was researching everything. Projectors, launch monitors, uh, gaming computers, touch screens, Bar turf, fridges. Bar, bar yes, fridges. Yes. <laughs> everything. You name it. So uh, 
and because I didn't know anything enough, I we're going to do this. We're going to do it right. So I did a lot of research and, and tried to become a mini expert in each of these areas based on, you know, what we want to spend and, and uh, the quality we wanted to achieve. And uh, so, yeah, mm-hmm. after doing that, I found out about this company called Unicor, very similar to the Golfs on technology. And uh, they had a couple different models and it was in our price point and uh, I joined a bunch of uh, forums on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. So I got a lot of feedback asking questions and guys are putting in um, posts. Oh, I got this and it works fantastic and, or avoid this. It didn't work, you know, uh, even just with designs and then they're showing their floor plans and things. So you get inspired, you get some ideas right. and it was awesome. I, I mean, I've never been a part of any sort of group uh, on a chat forum before. Yeah. And this was my first experience and it was great. And I'm still on them now, <laughs> even though I have it built. Now I feel like I'm more of one of the veterans providing the insight to the guys that are yeah. doing their builds. So it's yeah. gone full circle, but uh, it was super useful in finding out about this company and uh, doing all my research. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, research certainly shows because it, it looks great. Uh, and I was looking on the Unicor website and they got a sale, $2,000 off right now until February 28th no uh, for the PGA show. That's right. Uh, $2,000 off. How much? I'm not sure. I think the, <laughs> the base model was uh, $12,000. U.S., yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. And they have a new launch monitor coming out. That's the one he's referring oh, to. Oh, that's the one he's yeah. got. Okay. Oh. So Darren's already... Broke I'm, I'm that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a kid in a candy shop where I can't <laughs> not keep improving. Well, you only right? got till uh, February 28th yeah. to get that well, sale price. So. Yeah. Yeah. I reminded him that I, that we need to get deck furniture this, yeah. this summer. Yeah. So uh, I mean, a new launch really. monitor might not be coming just yet. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this one. Like it's totally fine, but I just have to tinker. Right. Yeah, so my absolutely. Blood. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I get it. And obviously you can, you can play, you know, the 200 plus courses, I think you said, yeah. uh, and we, we saw some of that today uh, when we played, but you, you said you teach down here as well, which also gives you ball data, club data. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that that's the Unicore software mm-hmm. uh, program that comes with the launch monitor, and it's it's pretty incredible. It, uh, state of the art, ball data is incredibly accurate. Um, it comes with some club stickers to give increased accuracy for club head data. And uh, it's similar to a few of the other launch monitors like Forsyth where they can give you really accurate um, data. Uh, I feel like the camera-based software is probably a little more accurate on in terms of the golf club and what it's happening through impact mm-hmm. uh, with the camera-based ones than the radar ones. Um, and uh, it's fantastic. It's useful for me. I'm a, obviously a very techie guy and like detail. And I can use that as a tool when I'm teaching my students, I can analyze the data, whether I'm informing them or not, and take a look at it, tell me their club face angle at impact, their path, um, descent angle on the golf ball, uh, launch, everything, spin rates, yes. you name it. Uh, was it a uh, smash factor? Smash That's something factor. that we don't even know what smash factor Everyone is. Sounds that. pretty cool. Sounds yeah. really cool. Smash factor is simply a ratio. It, it's actually one of the easiest things to calculate is club head speed uh, ratio to ball speed. Okay. It's really that oh, simple. Right. Yeah. And uh, the best in the world, if you can get 1.5, you are probably on tour. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. Smash Factor. Yeah. What was I at? 1.6? I can't I don't, <laughs> can't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what I was Maybe at. Maybe 0.6. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, it didn't register. Take right a swing factor. right now. We'll yeah, see we'll what say, it says. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but even looking at it, because it's up right now, we're looking at it. The one the thing that I noticed in the, one of the first things I said when I actually saw it was like, it actually looks like real. Like it's so mm-hmm. lifelike. You got the wind and the flowers are blowing yeah. in the breeze. The shadows are there. You can change uh, whether, you know, what time of day it is. And it's, it's actually really well, probably the most beautiful mm-hmm. sim I've seen so far. Yeah. I put sunscreen on <laughs> after I saw this. But uh, yeah. Well, you said a 4K projector. Mm-hmm. And then I guess the graphics have to be in 4K as well. And yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good graphics. Again, that's... Uh, the software program I did research on, there's a bunch of different software programs you can use that work in conjunction with all these launch monitors. Some of the launch monitors have their own software like Foresight, but a lot of them you can add a third party software if you prefer. And a lot of people do because they're usually a little bit more user friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So again, I have two of them just to compare apples to apples. And yeah, I mean, these two that I got, I feel the graphics are on the upper level. And uh, that's the whole thing. We want to make it as realistic as possible. And it helps having a very big screen. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I know a certain like um, golf facilities, the screens aren't quite as big. I mean, they're, they're a decent size, but 15 by nine and a half is pretty big. We're standing, only, we're standing 12 feet from it. So when you're standing over the ball, it's you're seeing a pretty large screen there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and then I was going to ask about like, is there, is there an online aspect that you could play other people or him seeker but okay. that's a bit of a different it's not game play um it's contest you can oh, talk about okay. yeah it's a, it, well with e6 uh pin seekers exclusive to e6 um it's a par three contest okay so it's close to the pin and it's really good it's an app um i'm not gonna try to sell it on you guys or anything <laughs> but uh you can compete against anyone in the world it's really cool and they even tear you off they handicap you um and there's free ones and you can actually do it from real money um, oh, wow. and i've looked it up there's like guys in the states that have made like eighty thousand dollars last year doing on. just this app this game That's it's insane uh they're degenerate gamblers of course but they, hey. they're putting a lot of money in and they're winning right yeah. so uh we it's, got a it's few of those neat. listeners to the pod thanks to the degenerate yeah. gamblers out there <laughs> <laughs> you will hear a gambling episode from 18 over bar coming up soon yeah well that's interesting that's a lot of money yeah well and i've heard on and maybe i'm getting a little off topic here but like with the golf zone technology and some of the other ones you see these two Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up and they're yeah, like crazy people are winning hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. um even we saw cockerel was he was competing right, in yeah. some virtual Next online tour or whatever thing. it was yeah. called something like a, that is that a track man yeah a track yeah, man track thing man yeah tour. yeah track i think you're i think you're gonna see more of that in the years to come hmm. uh to answer your question yeah like both the softwares i have do have an online component you can play people anywhere in the world just as a casual game or they do make these little tournaments for fun and they mm-hmm. might even have some for money i don't i don't know i haven't done them but uh, now when they're when they're, they're doing virtual golf to a uh, a tour level yeah it's it's gonna grow right like that's that's potentially a off-season future yeah well and we're we were on the advanced setting on this one is that correct okay because i know there are some that you can adjust like golf's on we talked about that a little bit there's the amateur level there's kind right. of like the bumper bowling level and then there's the mm-hmm. professional level yeah but we were playing the professional level so i guess that kind of takes the bumpers out and it's it's golf yeah yeah 
Okay. We figured you guys could handle that. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Not kind too of bad. No, not too bad. Yeah. We, how many holes we played? We played. We're on our fifth hole. Plus. So Mike's 18 over par. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you're average, like for going, you're playing bogey hole, yeah, bogey yeah. golf, 18 yeah. over par. Mm-hmm. I'm almost there. Two over. And then tall one, what did you get? Two over. Yeah. yeah. And then the pro is even. It was two under until we mentioned that, and then we gave him a shit for wearing jeans, and then he came back down to life. <laughs> <And> nice double man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> then he put his glove on and started playing. We saw it come back to life. Um, I had a couple more yeah, questions. Go ahead. That I want to, and this is kind of reverting back to you, Charmaine, mm-hmm. and just seeing the the trophies and the accomplishments, or I guess plaques and the accomplishments that have come up here. Was there a certain point where you realized you were like really good at this game? And that you can compete on that level? Or did you kind of just go into tournaments and be like, eh, we'll see what happens? Um, you know, I um, about nine years ago, um, I started getting back into competition after a, uh, about seven, eight year break. Mm-hmm. And um, my goal was to make a provincial team because mm-hmm. um, I hadn't ever read as an amateur. I'd made a the, provin- the junior provincial team when I was 16. And then I was an alternate when they had uh, back when they had alternates um, when I was 17. And so... Um, that was my big goal. Like mm. for the rest of my golf career in Manitoba amateur play, I was like, I want to make a provincial team. Like that was this lofty goal. Um, and then, uh, so I, um, started working with a golf coach and, uh, I think this, the second year that we were working together, uh, I made a provincial team. So then I'm like, Oh, okay. Well now what, well now what's the accomplishment going to be? And mm-hmm. so that kind of started making me see that. Yeah. Like I'm actually I am pretty good at this and, um, I can, I, I, it took me, it took him, my coach, um, was Glenn circus, uh, out of, um, St. Vital golf center. Mm-hmm. And, um, he took, it actually took him a few years to convince me that I am, I could be up there with the others, right. Um, like that I could compete against Rhonda or we were mm-hmm. talking about her before. And, um, and, uh, yeah, those other players that had been around for a while that have been just doing really well. And, um, yeah. So that, that started, I took, it took a lot of convincing though, that I actually was up there. Um, and then I, I still, to this day though, I often go into tournaments feeling a little bit like the underdog. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't know if every competitive player thinks that way, but I just don't, I don't like, I don't, um, I go in just wanting to play my best. And, uh, again, like we were talking before about Darren and I, we have a bit of a different look on mm-hmm. games sometimes. And, and, um, he, his perspective is like, you go to win, like you go in to, to win. And I, my perspective is more, I just want to play my best. And if my, ble- my best be, means, um, that I'm going to win the, that I win the tournament, well mm-hmm. then, then fantastic. So, but I don't know, maybe he's, he's starting to convince me otherwise. Cause I, I, I had, like I said before, I haven't won a lot of tournaments, but I come in second and third and fourth a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I do need to change my perspective. Although at Breezy, haven't you won the club championship there? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've, I, th- I think it's been five times in a row now. So every, right. every year she's actually been at the club. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I guess I just, I just love, I just love playing. Um, I love competition, not just in golf. I like, I'm, I'm pretty competitive player or pretty competitive person in mm-hmm. general. And so, um, I just, I love the challenge of it. And, um, yeah, the, it's, it's a byproduct to, um, you know, to get the feeling of winning or, or, um, doing, doing really, really well, but, I uh, just, yeah, I just want to do my best and just get better and grow. I'm an educator. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all about learning and growing. So that's kind of the perspective I bring to my golf game. And that's an interesting segue then of being an educator and we got a teacher 
nature of the game of golf Mm -hmm. right next to you here. And what I find interesting about that is being at Golf Town, originally, I guess, being, was it the head of teaching at Golf Town? Yeah, director of golf. Whatever, whatever bullshit title that you gave yourself. exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But you were probably one of the originals then to really use simulators as a golfing tool because at Golf Town, I'm assuming you didn't do very much green grass golf lessons. It was probably just primarily with a simulator. Yeah, yeah, I would say about 95% of it, uh, we occasionally... um, had an arrangement with the Southwood, which was just built, the new Southwood mm-hmm. at the time, and did a couple clinics there. But outside of that, all the teaching was done indoors uh, at, at the facility. And, and this was when um, that kind of technology had really made leaps forward. And now you could rely on the data a lot more mm-hmm. than first generation simulators right. from 15, 20 years ago, which... At Club 3D. You, Club 3D, yeah, yeah. you could hit a six Where you won a championship. 250 yards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Multiple championships. Also, sorry. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few trophies out there. <laughs> what was the league called at Club 3D? Um, it was a winter league. <laughs> Club 3D winter league, we'll say. Yeah, I think that's all it was called. Something <laughs> that's like that. funny. Making but. a home on my... Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Making a home on my bag. My cat does the same thing. Probably smells my cat. That's... Uh, because I take I take a large suitcase with me with all the big all the pod gear, so the cat likes cats like them. Cats like suitcases; they like mm-hmm. new things. It is funny seeing you walk in with a with a large suitcase. It is. Mm-hmm. I know it's a bit weird. We do get a lot of looks from our neighbors, though. It's minus thirty outside; it's snowing, and you guys are walking in with golf clubs. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, guess, yeah. With, I think they are all trained now. I've had enough students come over for lessons. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. they're golfing down there. You get <laughs> it. But, but even on that point, and to get back to aside from the cats and, and whatever else, but what kind of data are you pulling then as a teacher of the game that ha- helps? you be a better teacher. Yeah. Um, it depends on the simulator, of course, but if it has club data, that's hugely useful to see. Cl- uh, path um, is huge and club face angle are probably the big two, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't see that with the naked eye. Uh, even even with um, uh, some of the video technology that we have on our iPads and whatnot, you can't capture that um, at that rate. These new simulators, the frames per second is insane. It's like mm-hmm. 2,400 frames. Well, a good iPad's 120 frames uh, or 240 frames, so there's still a lot of blur. So yeah, it's great data. Um, and it just gives you a starting point. It's not that you can't be a great instructor without it. It's just, it's an extra tool in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. And you seem to use it uh, pretty well because, again, seeing the club path. And we talked about torque because you actually get to see how the club face moves. Yeah, I, impact. I actually didn't realize this until I had something like this uh, at my disposal is how much a club face torques and twists uh, at the moment or just after the moment of impact on an off center strike. Uh, towards the healer's hoe. It's incredible to see it in this many frames per second how much a club actually is manipulated from striking a ball off center. And uh, it, it, they built clubs very well because just watching one shot in replay, you're like, I think that head's going to come flying <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, they build them very well and I, it gives new meaning to the word torque. Uh, that's one of the you know um, little technical pieces of data they'll give you on a, on a shaft, partic- particular shaft mm-hmm. when you're looking at a driver or whatnot uh, is what the uh, torque is. This, this driver has 2.8 torque. Well, what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm seeing the importance of that, right? Depending on the, the type of player. Now you can see it come to fruition on the screen. I, I really enjoy that. And that's the one thing I enjoyed about the two vision ad golf on as well is getting to see that, that angle and, you know, the angle of attack, whatever, whatever it's called. And then the club phase at impact. Cause then you really get to see 
in correlation to what the hands are doing. Because I say, oh, okay, well, I found out Mike's pretty handsy. I'm pretty handsy. And he's like, oh, okay, well, whatever gets the job done, I guess. <laughs> and we're still talking about golf, right? <laughs> <laughs> some may some may say otherwise, but yes. We won't get into that. That's a different no, pod for a different night. <laughs> More fireball, please. <laughs> we're gonna bring up you're gonna bring up Pam again if we keep I'm talking not, about no, no, we're done with Pam. That was a one show only. Check it out, the season three. She was just on your uh, episode. Dax Shepard. Anyway. Oh, was she? Well, she's got a new show on an H G T V. Oh yeah? Yeah. And a book and a yeah, doc. Anyways, sure. we said we wouldn't talk. Pam, no. and we, um, how can we segue here? Yeah, you go. You go, Mike. You got segues at Corey Oaks. <laughs> uh, you do. At, you do have breezy. breezy. Yeah, we did. I haven't seen them. We much, heard they were dangerous. Yeah, there was. I yeah. would like to try them, but Corey said they were really dangerous. Yeah, they, the sign uh, a waiver. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried one myself. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to injure myself at all. I'm. Pre- trying to be careful yeah, right in no the summer, so I think those things are built for like perfectly lush golf courses that are smooth. Oh. You know what, they would work Manitoba well. gumbo. I don't know if it goes so well here in our climate. They would work well in Mexico, like the three courses we play yes. in Mexico. It was interesting because we'd get our drinks, you know, let's say on the third hole from the the cart person, and um, they wouldn't give you a cu- uh, they don't give you a lid mm-hmm. for your cup, and you're like, and well, it's, it's gonna spill. Right yeah. right really? But their cart paths are concrete but they're perfectly smooth and they're fairies there's no bumps in the fairies. Yeah, we didn't wow. spill our drinks and they were filled to the brim yeah i was wow. like oh. interesting <laughs> yeah. not for long of so course. that wouldn't work here it's not the seventh at the good old royal assiniboine there with uh, the old bumpy fairway ah. <laughs> if you've played assiniboine number seven you know exactly what i'm talking about well, they the got moguls. some cart pass now they, they do they got gravel the cart pass cars. gravel cart pass mm-hmm. but it's still fun to take a rip at uh, quickly on, Me- on Mexico. D- was there a lot of those Cody's? The uh, Quatis. 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 Is that what they are? And they raid your cart okay. right yeah. after the turn? I didn't know that's how they're pronounced, but no. yes, they were everywhere. everywhere. They were actually quite f- friendly. Well, they want your food. Yeah, right. But uh, they were harmless, like to us, anyways. I know there's, if you look online and people put negative comments on their yeah, the speedy, uh, yeah. you know, feedback. But. Uh, I thought it was kind of neat. They were kind of a cross between a cat and a raccoon, yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yep. But they were harmless. Uh, the baby ones look so cute. Very uh, cute. But they were aggressive. They'll come right up <laughs> yeah. to you, like, yeah. right onto your knee just about. There so, were yeah. a lot at the resort. Like, if you, you know, by the pool area, um, you know, let's say you got a personal pizza f- for lunch and you're sitting on your, um, um, like, on your... Sun chair, your sun chair. Thanks, yeah. (laughs) And you get up and maybe want to go grab a drink. You do not leave your pizza there because it would be gone. gone. Yeah, because because you don't see any of them, and all of a sudden there's one right there. Like, amazing. They all hung out around the food trucks too, because there was a few food food trucks by our pool, and yeah, you have to be careful. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. You learned something. We actually got my daughter one. Her name got is her Flower. We got a Quati, not a real one, but they had a stuffed one. Could you imagine going through customs with a fucking Quati? I don't know how I much it would like would the minus 30. <laughs> no. yeah. 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 But people kept on calling them raccoons, but you'd see them in the garbage. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. whatever. That's but funny. We, they would come and take your ice cream cone. Yeah. Like yeah. you had to like oh, totally. eat that ice cream cone because my daughter would be like, oh, and I'm like, no, you eat that ice cream right now. Cause that thing's yeah. gonna take it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we didn't. We weren't sure how to pronounce it because it's because yeah. it's spelled C O A T I. Yeah. So we called them Cody's. <laughs> which I call didn't them. sound I think, right, but I think they when some of the, the guests are because we sent my daughter to kids camp a couple of days and they mentioned how it's Quati. Okay. I think that's what it's Quati. Oh yeah. I don't know. Sense. 
We can Google it later. <laughs> oh, no, we can maybe, Google the, it. maybe the unicorn Google has it on somewhere. Yeah. Google yeah. it now. We could, yeah. I, don't know I, just, I was in, down in Mexico for uh, DQ Nick's wedding mm. at Moon Palace in Cancun. Right, yeah. It was like after the third hole, there was a snack shack, and that, that was the first time mm. we saw him. Yeah. They, we went to tee off, and they like raided the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the carts. As soon as you walk away, they're on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smart. Uh, iguanas, lots of iguanas on the golf courses. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah, I, got I didn't notice any. A few yeah. times. Oh. Darren would be on the other side of the fairway and he'd hear me scream and he knew that because they're so camouflaged, like right. they're brown. And you don't the, know until you're like three the feet the from sand them. And, right. Yeah. Some big ones. Lots of wildlife talk on this episode. Yeah, shout can, out. Shout out to wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Mexico. Shout out to Mexico. Cats, you are going to Mexico. I am, yeah, month. But uh, we briefly mentioned Corey Oaks, mm-hmm. which uh, Darren is the head professional at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how long have you been there, Darren? This will be the start of my seventh year. Um, actually, basically right now. Is, would be Get to work. Get to work. Get to work. What are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, starting seven, year seven, uh, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. Um, uh, two brothers own it and they're locals to the Steinbeck area mm. and uh, it's great uh, working for them they're heavily invested in in the Steinbeck area like they're very proud to own a companies in Steinbeck and and they're well known in that area so it's nice to deal with two of them and they hired me and and uh, I've done a a better job than I would if I was an owner of of letting me run it you know, they're, they're very hands-off. They don't ask a ton of questions. Uh, they just want to see the financials at the end of the season, make sure we're not losing money. And uh, <laughs> other than that, they, I love it because they've entrusted me to do the job. You know, mm-hmm. they hired me as a golf pro, so let me be the golf pro. Um, so it's fantastic. And if I have something I want to run by them, they're always there to to give their two cents. But it's been, it's been awesome. I've really enjoyed it there. The course... Uh, you guys got to come out for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play 27. It's so good. Yeah. I tell people that we got so many people from Winnipeg who come out and play and, and we're 27 on a golf course. Uh, the only one in Manitoba right now, because St. Charles is down to 18 for mm-hmm. a year or two. John Bloomberg. Johnny B. That's John right. Blumberg. They got the niner and oh, then yeah. they got the 18. Yeah. Um, so they just need to get the up. nine re-rated. And Charles, St. Charles. Just yeah, what do you mentioned, but with the yeah. Renos. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. They're down for probably a year or two, I think mm-hmm. like that. Anyways, uh, so you get different course rotations at our, at our facility, depending on the day, um, right. even out the traffic. And uh, we get Winnipeggers to come out and we tell them, you know what? Like we have a special replay rate to play the the third extra nine. Okay. If you're going to come out there, if you live in St. James or something, let's call it an almost hour drive out there, mm-hmm. four hour round of golf, hour drive home. You're committing to a decent chunk of the day why not make it two more hours and play all 27, make a yeah. full day out of it. Right. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. like a destination. It's like going to Hecla for the day or something. And then right? you like, can drive us back here, have right. a nightcap <laughs> on the sand when we'll be set. That's right. We're on the South side of the city. We'll it's take the closest the, place. Take yeah. the freezer truck out there. <laughs> yeah. The bus. Yeah. But it's a great golf course. I love it there. I, I'm very fortunate. Um, cause I'm still very passionate about, uh, instruction and they have, um, one of the best, um, practice facilities in the province. We've got three putting greens, one with bunkers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very few practice areas have bunkers. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, three tiered grass green or sorry, grass tee boxes on the range with five or six target green, real target greens out wow. there, which is nice. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't get that at every range. Right. The website's at the best practice facility in the oh. province. Oh. Mm. There's a couple good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's deeper uh, at Southwood, has to say. <laughs> <laughs> might see a, those owners might yeah. see a lawsuit coming. Well, uh, 
Watch out. I've, I've only been to Quarry Oaks once, mm-hmm. and obviously I didn't see the practice facility. We've been to the bar this before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a trend with you. A yeah. little bit, a little bit. It was it was one of the legs of the uh, Harambe Memorial uh. Invitational. Uh, so there's a crew of us out that way. Um, but yeah, like- we played probably the Oak. I think Oak and Quarry, maybe. I like going out there because um, I work in Steinbach. Okay. So um, I like going out there to practice after work. It's, you know, instead of coming home and changing here and then driving to yeah. Breezy, it's just like I'm 10 minutes away from Quarry. So it's good to go there after work. I don't know if that's a back nine question, but the favorite uh, favorite uh, nine nines at Quarry. Mm-hmm. You guys have a, a favorite nine or maybe a favorite rotation? He doesn't want to say. No. I, I know. I no. definitely have a favorite rotation. I, I, I like Desert Quarry. It's the longest. Okay. Um, technically, on paper, it's got the hardest course and slope rating. Um, it's just the everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, the general public like to play the oak the most. It's the easiest. It's the shortest. It's the most normal golf course uh, comparably to other courses in our province. The mm. desert course, I absolutely love. Some people don't because they're worried about damaging their clubs and the waste bunkers, which you don't. Um, but it's so different. You don't get that look anywhere in our province. Mm. These big, massive waste bunkers and it really forces you to play target golf to a specific landing zone. You don't get that anywhere in our right. province. So it's so unique to our climate. Uh, that's just why I like it so much. Um, there's a couple holes I just really, really love. The eighth hole from the back tee box is amazing on desert. You're hitting right over the entire uh, pond. It's just, it's my favorite shot on the golf course. And then of course the quarry, quarry's the beast. It's might be outside of maybe Granite Hills, the hardest nine holes in the province. Um, it's, it's a really tough test of golf. There's no let up. There's no hole where you say, okay, good. I can just relax and make an easy par here. It's like, you're, you're like, how I got to find a way to make a par here on every (laughs) hole on that nine. It's a, it's a challenging, uh, nine holes, lots of water that has our famous, uh, sixth hole in the quarry is an Island green. Uh, That's what we use. You see a lot of images of that on our Mm. website. Uh, so that's a memorable nine. Everyone will, will remember that one when they play it. Yeah, you guys have hosted a few uh, Golf Manitoba events uh, in recent years. Yeah, we did the match play most recently, I believe. Then we did all four rounds of the AM a year or two before that, and then shared the AM uh, doing two rounds, I think, a year or two before that even. So, yeah, we've, you know, in the, since I've been there, we've been involved a few times with the Golf Manitoba. Last year, we hosted the Next Gen Prairie Championship, which is an awesome, awesome event uh, to see some top, top level juniors, not just in the prairies, but across Canada, come and compete. That was a really cool event to watch these young kids, how good they hit a golf ball. It was it was a nice event to put on. And uh, yeah, so we, we try to showcase our course to people who maybe don't always get an opportunity to play it. And it's, it's a good competition golf course because it's, mm-hmm. it's a challenging golf course. Mm-hmm. It sure is. I mentioned the Oak. I don't like the Oak. That's where I lose my golf balls. <laughs> I don't want to play that one. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's yeah, aptly named Oak. Yeah. For a reason. A lot of those trees out there. Well, I got one more. It's for Charmaine. And then Mike, I know you got the, the list of questions and seeing just how accomplished you are in around the game and you mentioned you wanted to make a provincial team and you did and you have what is that like to represent i think you even mentioned it somewhere uh, i can't remember now maybe one of the articles that was done up about you but you know going representing the province on a national level 
say it at the amateur, the national amateur, and you're going up against, you know, 20 year olds, 15 year olds. And, you know, what does that mean, I guess, to wear the bison on your, on your, you know, over your chest and, you know, competing against some of the, the young and the young up and comers in the game as well? Um, well, I'm really proud to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I love representing my home course of Breezy Bend, um, but of course the province. Um, it's not. A, it's it's a unique opportunity. Like not a lot of people get to do mm-hmm. that level, um, and it, it's it's tough. It it humbles you <laughs> because you you play you know well in in your province, and then um, you go to let's say Ontario for a national championship, and it's this whole other level that. Uh, um, yeah, that you, that you see that you could possibly reach. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm very proud to do it and, uh, I hope I can do it again for sure. That's continues to be my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, when I go into a provincial am is to, tr- is to make the top three and make, um, and go to the provincials. Uh, the, I, I am 46 now. And so, um, it's getting the 45. I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be 46 pretty soon. (laughs) I'm already thinking about it. It's only a month away. (laughs) Um, So um, going to the Canadian women's amateur, which is, you know, like the young 18, 17 year olds, the college girls, I call them girls. Uh, it's, it's getting really tough now because they just, they hit it so much farther than me and they're like, that's their life. That's all they do. Um, they don't have jobs yet. They don't have jobs yeah. yet, right? They're playing <laughs> all year round. Right? And so that's getting really, I'm finding that's getting pretty tough now to do. Um, but now I'm really um, warming up to doing the mid-am, which is 25 mm-hmm. years old and up. And um, so I've done that twice now and I really feel much more comfortable in that kind of tournament. Um, and so now Golf Manitoba as well has added into our amateur championship, a mid-am component. So a mid-am contest, which is nice. So this was the first year that Golf Canada had women's am provincial teams. And so that was great to be, um, at, at mid-am teams. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so then it was great this year to be at Breezy at my home course playing in the Canadian Mm mid-am, um, and being on the team. So that's another, Mm -hmm. another new goal as well. Um, so it is, so it, it's, it is getting hard. It, it, it's getting harder to play against the younger ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in our province, we have some, uh, great programs and opportunities for junior girls. It's amazing. When I was a teenager, there wasn't as much available. Um, but now there's just, if you're interested in golf and you're a, a young, a young girl in Manitoba, there's just so many opportunities, so many different avenues to get better. Um, and then we're seeing, you know, we're now starting to see the product of that. Like there's just some fantastic, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds that are just amazing. And then I see them go off to college and which has been a really neat experience for me too, because I've been playing for, you know, more than 30 years yeah. <laughs> and competitively, you know, 20 years or so. And so, um, it's neat to see those girls come up in the, uh, in the ranks and, and watching them see where they end up taking their golf careers and seeing what colleges they go to. And yeah, that's been, it's, it's been really, um, enjoyable to see that. So. Well, outside of golf as an educator, do you find any of the younger players, whether at Breezy or provincially, they come up to you or like, are you a mentor to any of them? Or is that something you're looking to do where you're kind of just like, eh, on the course, I'm competing against you. So you just hold on there, little lady. Yeah. You know what? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, um, I've thought about like what my role could be in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really know where I would fit. Like, I think, you know, someone like, um, like Brianne Togaruski, mm-hmm. like she's, uh, I know, when she was complaining, 
when she was playing competitively and I would play against her, I remember her mentioning um, several years ago uh, that she wanted like one of her main, one of her dreams was to, to help junior girls in Manitoba. Mm -hmm. And um, I think she's doing like amazing things um, for junior girls. Uh, and, uh, I think, so I think there's lots of opportunities. So someone like her, that's got the training in it, um, then she, she's a good one to, um, to bring up those girls. Um, I know, I guess my, my one, um, one thing that I had that I did this summer, one experience was, um, just before the mid-am a week before the mid-am at Breezy, um, there was a June, we had a Breezy held a junior girls clinic. So mm -hmm. I did a little bit of speaking there, um, which was really interesting. It was like five-year-olds to 13-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, my niece might have yeah, been there. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And then um, there were a couple of junior girls as well there with Bree. Uh, so that was a neat experience mm -hmm. for me. Um, I, I, so right now I'm actually not sure where what my role is in that, but I have thought about it. Um, but for now, I'm still very focused, um, selfishly, I guess you could say yeah, on my, right. my own, uh, <laughs> competitive career. And I feel mm -hmm. like I'm not done with that yet. I want to still see what else I can do, mm -hmm. uh, as an amateur. Cause I'll be, you know, I'll be a senior in, in a handful of years. Mm. So that'll, yeah, bring on a new set of competitions. So yeah. Nice. Well, that's all I had. I don't know, Mike, what do you want to do? How many, uh, how many mm -hmm. rounds do you play a, a year? Sure. Um, uh, I try to shoot for 50, like it's usually 50, okay. 55. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Probably lower than I thought. Yeah. I, I, you'd think I'd golf more, I guess. I don't know. I'm, um, I do like to do lots of stuff around the house. I like to do stuff outdoors, like work around on the yard. Um, probably even more so if you have patio furniture. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I don't want to, I do practice quite a bit. Um, probably not even as I should practice more even. Um, but that is one of my focuses too. So I don't always have to be playing. Right. Um, and sometimes it is, um, a matter of it's finding a game, right. And people being available. Um, uh, I have a great group of uh, like core, a core group of women at Breezy that I play with Saturday mornings. I'm always guaranteed a game um, and they have their regular games throughout the week. Um, but my schedule's a little bit all over the place. So um, I'm, and I'm until the end of June, I'm st working. And so I can't play with play, go out and play around with mm -hmm. them during the week. And um, I have no problem with just going out and playing with whoever. Um, but it's always nice to have a, you know, to have some people you can always rely on to, to get, grab a game when you're available. And I don't always have that. Um, and there's not a lot of women in their thirties and forties who play golf, like on a regular basis, who would play even 20 games a year. Right. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to find others, uh, you know, that are in the similar circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, so oh, you, you can call us. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Give us a call. We'll be happy to play. We're happy to slow down breezy any day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a topic of discussion. We, 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 were, we were invited gifted. out to yeah, a, a, a media availability for the Canadian mid okay. amateur event at breezy. Yep. And who did we play with? Uh, Sean Reynolds, Sean Reynolds and, some other writer for the sun. Yeah. But we probably had like a four and a half, five hour game. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know why, but <laughs> we were holding up some people. Oh, that was huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. I was trying to get a practice ready. <laughs> well, <laughs> their pictures are up on the wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah Corey for many reasons. Yeah. Corey didn't answer our calls after that. Sorry. 
Sorry, guys. But how much do you guys actually get to play this? Like, you, do you guys play regularly oh. 18 holes here? Or are you kind of just on the driving range? You know, you'd think we'd actually play more when I it's know. in our basement. Uh, we've had a few friends over, and one of, one of my friends said... Uh, you just kind of paused and said, if I had this in my house, I would literally get nothing done. Like, <laughs> not, I'd yeah. probably lose my job and <laughs> get nothing done. But, um, you know, even during the off season, I'm upstairs working. I have, we have an office up uh, on the second floor there. And uh, I have a son. So I'm trying to do things with him in the evening. And uh, he's into a few activities uh, that take us away from the house. Mm-hmm. But even if we can sneak in an hour here, an hour there, I'll hit balls sometimes after he goes to bed. So I'm hitting balls at mm-hmm. 10.30 at night till 11.30. And then I'll go to bed mm, after yeah. that. So it's not the most effective practice time necessarily, uh, but we don't actually play as much as you would think. I think Sharma would agree with that. Yeah, this year has been, I, like there was more excitement last year because it was new, but, sure. um, and this year I'm busier. I find I'm busier with work and just Plus when we I got married, that's, uh, yes. there was a little bit on the plate there. Yeah. We had a lot of planning right before <laughs> yeah. Christmas. So, um, so yeah, when I get home from work, I'm tired and once dinner is done and, um, things are cleaned up, it's like eight o'clock and, and it's a bit different than when you're outside, like outside you got the fresh air and mm-hmm. you kind of just, you get, you know, revitalized in the, in when you're outdoors, but vitamin in, D yeah. But in here, like you're not standing often I'll just sit on the couch in between shots and it's hard to kind of get yourself going especially if Mm. you're tired from your work day um so I don't do it as much as I I don't do it as much this winter as I did last winter um but it's starting to pick up now that now that the wedding is done like Darren said we we have less less big projects on our plate we plan ahead so we look at the dates what dates are we available you know Friday (laughs) evening Saturday or Sunday uh when we don't have my son necessarily because you're down here for four or five hours. It's yeah. a commitment. And yeah. we don't, we'll invite two people over. We'll get a foursome to play a game. And uh, whether it's afternoon game on a weekend or an evening game, uh, Fridays, usually it's, it would be an evening game if we're going to do one. But uh, we try to schedule games. Yeah. Uh, just like book and tea time. I was trying <laughs> to say, like, yeah, the tea uh, sheet's open. We're trying to fill the tea sheet because, <laughs> and, and we want to play. Like we want to play with other people, not just with each other. We, we play golf games, uh, pretty competitive golf matches, her and I, <laughs> when we, when we do play. Uh, but uh, down here, we're trying to bring as many of our friends, guests. Uh, I bring a few of my members. Charmaine's had a couple girls' nights. So it's it's getting used that way. I'd say we play more with our guests than we do just by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not very disciplined with the practice, at least this year. I don't know. Just lots of different things on our plate. She usually so. does as it gets closer to the golf season. Yeah, oh, then sure. I get Shake more. Off it the just, winter rust. Yeah, yeah. I just, I get more excited about it. It seems so far removed right now so <laughs> it's coming i feel it we're hopefully going to get treated to a great year of golf this year considering last year's was pretty short yeah very yeah. wet spring. i mean we had a great mm, fall too. but yes, the, right. it was such a bad start so mm-hmm. and the weather's been pretty mild for yeah, the most part on, not, 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 not right wood. now <laughs> <today. laughs> but it looks it's you know those minus temperatures single digit minus temperatures so mm-hmm. i think yeah we can open stressed. the windows or something and then you <laughs> get that breeze in here <laughs> Well, that's uh, all I had. I mean, I'm sure we could talk here all night. We may have to do another episode here just so we can play some more golf. Um, But did you want to get into the back nine then, Mike? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And guess what? Guess what? Back nine lightning round is for Bryce Malachewski. Oh, wow. Who's an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Contact Bryce at 204 
515-3446. And again, we're going to have his information in our link tree. Mm-hmm. AKA the fashionista. The fashionista. Mista, Mista, fashionista. He is a uh, a, uh, a jeans specialist also, uh, as well as a financial uh, advisor. Yeah. Financial guru. Family man. We'll have to Got get a great uh, family. We'll have to get Bryce out on the on the course this year. He's supposed to take us out. Really? He's supposed to take us out this to year. To the new yeah. McKenzie. To the for the new McKenzie nine. Cool. Mm-hmm. Link cool. tree. I've learned something. Yeah. slash eighteen over par. Yeah. I know. I know the links. I just didn't know that was the term for it. Well, I think there's something a bunch, new. but yeah, it's. I think that's their brand. The brand is Link Tree. Oh, okay. Mm. And it gives you a tree of links, so you just go to the page and yeah. You can put as many links as you, up, as we you should, want up there. Uh, we should have a picture of a tree and then, like, the links, <laughs> not just a list Branched of off. links. I think they know what they're doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, feel I free know. to send them an email. I'll send them. I'll fax, <laughs> fax them. Fax them through. Uh, so, yeah, back nine. Uh, I don't know if you guys studied or not. You did say you've been listening to a few episodes. So thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, at listening. least we know two people are listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we uh, this is only the second well fourth time we've interviewed two people at the same mm, time. Yep, I think. Yeah, because we did Team Lefty, we did the Steeps, and then we did Team Lefty. And we did Team Lefty again, and never again, and never again. <laughs> But uh, so nicknames, Darren, you seem to be Hado. Is that what you go by? Or? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I got that actually from, I think it would have been Dean North uh, back oh. when I was pretty raw and just started in the pro shop at St. Charles. And nice. Dean's pretty laid back, casual guy. And yeah. Goes yeah. kind of half my last name. He just called me Hado one day. And then uh, when good. I started playing on event, provincial events uh, <laughs> in our association, everyone just kind of gravitated to that. Mm. Yeah, fun. I did good. have a nickname in in uh, junior high and high school, which was kind of an odd nickname and uh, had uh, some hints of religion to it, but it had nothing to do with religion. Oh, My nickname was Buddha. Oh, Buddha. Yeah, growing up, and uh, it was because in shops class we made a plastic Buddha sculpture, and mine was really good or something. Wow. I don't know. And Someone called me that one time and it just stuck and it stuck Buddha. all through junior high and high school. Talk nice. about us being handsy. Yeah. We got Buddha over here <laughs> in shops class. Yeah. Didn't use wow. a hammer to make that Buddha. <laughs> but, uh, Thank goodness. <laughs> that's a good nickname though, Buddha. Yeah. It was, it's I kind never, of random. I, yeah. I don't those know, are the it, best it, ones. Uh, anyone who knew me in high school, if they saw me on the streets, they, they would still call me that. Like, yeah. it's just, they probably wouldn't even know my first name. That's it's, how much I was called wow, that. You know what? It's too bad you don't have the Buddha for the hardware shelf here. <laughs> In time. You'll have something to put on the shelf next to all those (laughs) Charmaine's winnings. But funny you mentioned that. We might have another gentleman whose nickname is Buddha coming on the show this season. Two Buddhas in one season? Two Buddhas, yeah. Stay tuned. And then uh, Charmaine, do you have a nickname that... that we know the the, the tall one, but mm-hmm. I don't even think that you you uh, prefer Cooch to go now. by that name. I, yeah, yeah. I, I tall <laughs> one. I was just I just use that for like it's my email. I have it on my license plate, but no one calls me that. Uh, I made it up myself. So and Darren informs me that you can't make up your own nickname. That's a rule. You've got to yeah. give wait till someone gives you one. So there's.
There's been a few thrown out. We have a friend of ours, good friend, uh, Craig, and he uh, he calls me C. Uh, no one else does, but I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to start C? sticking. I call her princess, one. but I think yeah, that's, that's not going to. Yeah, that, yeah. That's not, yeah. <laughs> um, and then sometimes at Breezy, some of the girls call me Boom Boom, um, you know, mm. just. Hit a hit a good drive, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But so nothing's really stuck yet. Yeah, no, those are all pretty good. C though. boom, C boom. I know a lot of C money, C money. Mm, Anyways, but uh, C C could stick. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, those are good names. <laughs> yeah. uh, so first one, um, and uh, we'll start with C, and then uh, <laughs> Buddha can go second. <laughs> But uh, have like you ever a lot more than Hato? Eh? <laughs> That's a good one. Have you ever uh, have you ever got a hole in one? Yes, I have two. Two. Um, mm. One was in my early twenties uh, in a some kind of inter club tournament. I was working in the pro shop at Glendale for a summer, and uh, they needed someone on their women's inter club team, and so we went and played at Larders. Uh, so I got a hole in one on the back nine. I was playing with people I didn't know, and it was kind of. It was anticlimactic, and right. I remember just I wasn't uh, I was a little less outgoing when I was um, younger, so I didn't even go to the pro shop and tell them. Like, I didn't know the protocols. Oh, so yeah. I just went home and. This is the first time you're telling anyone about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's official now. Yeah. Um, and then I got one two years ago, um, the third round at Nyakwa in the women's amateur championship yeah, wow. on the back nine. Yeah. So round. yeah. Um, Brian Munns and, uh, someone else was, um, Gordon. was it Gordadson? I thought it was okay. Okay. Um, they were at the, uh, green, um, and the pin was tucked behind a, a sand trap. So you couldn't, you know, we didn't see the ball go mm -hmm. in. We just knew it was rolling in that direction. Um, and then they both cheered and were like, is that, was that for me? Like what happened? And did it go in? And mm. yeah, so we were all, all cheering. It was very exciting. Yeah, especially in a championship. That's yeah. That that's helped, yeah. That yeah. helped, uh, that helped the score. That's for sure. Yeah. It's hard for the next hole. Yeah. It was really hard. There wasn't, an, there's not a, there's not a long walk, uh, <laughs> yeah. from that green to the next tee box It's right there. And so, yeah, you just got to kind of forget about it and then mm. get back f into the focus. And whereas if you're playing a casual game, you know, you're cheering and mm -hmm. you know, shooters, shooters and everything. Matter. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but so that was, so it was little, you had to kind of hold it in. Um, but it was super exciting. So mm -hmm. yeah. I think, is this a club that's hanging about you know what, JR? Uh, that no? is, um, for Darren's story. Actually. Oh, okay. So, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I just assumed it was for you, but yeah, uh, no, I got a couple awards up there. <laughs> <laughs> Not many <laughs> compared to Charmaine. So, Darren, you must have a, a hole in one. And I, I'm lucky enough to have four. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and uh, oddly enough, uh, th only one of them was in stroke play. Uh, the other three. I'll keep the stories short, but they're all kind of interesting. My f uh, very first one was at the old Southwood golf course. I had just started there as a fresh assistant, hardly knew any members. It was men's opening. Mm -hmm. uh, I was wow. expecting to work a 14 hour day. And Tom Kinsman's like, Darren, we had someone pull out. You have to play with this makeshift team that just got thrown together. They ended up being great guys. And I aced, uh, I think it was the 12th or 13th or whatever that par three is along Pemina there. And, uh, 
it was a perfect shot. It was the kind of ace you kind of want to make where you hit it just over the flag and it spins back and comes oh, in the back yeah. door, which is kind of, and we all saw it the whole way, which is kind of nice. And mm. I was in a scramble event and it's like my introduction to the entire membership. No one really knew me. I'd only worked there for about a month at that point. So I'm still getting to know everybody. So you're poor and you had to buy everyone drinks. And then you get in the trouble. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, I know the rule for this. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be my tab. Uh, I can't remember what happened. I think... I don't know if it was Tom Kinsman or the club covered it, but they bought everyone a drink and it, the starving assistant didn't have to yeah. pay for the, the drink, right. which I was very thankful for because it was a pretty full house and a lot of blue collar drinkers were there at the time. So, <laughs> uh, so that was the first one. Um, my second one was when I was working at Niaqua, I was actually in a playing lesson. Um, oh, oh, wow. Um, I this is your, how you do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I listened to your podcast uh, with, with Patrick Perrin, and it was the uh, same hole, the ninth hole at um, at Niaqua. Uh, same club, actually. I hit a six iron. Uh, I don't know what he was talking about with 215. It was playing 185 when I played it. Maybe they built a new box further back. Uh, or I was playing a, He's uh, padding his stats. Yeah, or I was playing a box further up. Who knows? But uh, The fact checkers caught him. <laughs> it was the blues, whatever the blues is. And... Uh, I was playing in a playing lesson with a guy and you know, when you're in a playing, maybe you don't know when you're in a playing lesson, you're not playing every shot. You you'll hit an occasional shot when you're trying to explain to the student, you know, here's how you do this. And let me show you, you know, you don't really hit too, too many shots. So I hadn't played all the shots throughout the round. We get to that hole and he was a notorious fader of the golf ball. And if you know that hole, it actually kind of sets up perfectly for a little draw. It's almost a little mini dog leg par three. And, um, he said, oh, tell me how you would play this sh- hole. Like, talk me through what you would do, how you mentally would prepare. So I literally talked him through the shot. I said, okay, for me, it's a six iron. I try to land it on the front edge of the green. I try to aim at that bunker, hit a five-yard draw. Uh, wind's not doing much. And I could see it landing on the front end, rolling into the, uh, by the hole. So like, okay, go hit it. So then I step up, I hit it. Started right where I said it was going to start. Started slowly drying. He goes, oh, kind of like that. I said, yeah, kind of like that. Lands, rolls in the hole. And he looks at me and he goes, you called your shot. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Which, I mean, no one would ever do that. It's so arrogant. You don't yeah. call your shot in golf. But he asked me. Otherwise, yeah. you know, those are the things you would think about in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Your pre-shot routine and where you're trying to aim it and the ball flight you envision but you don't call it out loud and then do it. Right. So he had asked, so I told him, and then he had told me to pull the trigger and hit it. So I did. That's so it was good. kind of ironic. It was our last hole of our playing lesson. Oh, so it was kind of like, I'm all amped up. I'm like, Oh my God, I just got a hole in one. What, what do I do? And then go back to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he must've rebooked for some more lessons. He did. Yes. That. Yeah. He, he was impressed. And again, I was only at NACWA for one season, but that, but that, uh, got my name out there. Every yeah, that story sure. became wildfire right right away. Yeah, so, everyone's expecting you to hit a hole. In yeah, the yeah. The it's like okay, yeah. hold on. Yeah, no, I was uh, not the strongest player at that point I was in time. Say, you probably didn't career. get a single par on that hole afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now it's in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, this hole's easy now. <laughs> and uh, my, um, I guess, most famous one. There's a little uh, monument just above you there, mm-hmm. Jr. Is um, I had a hole in one on a par four. I know you've had a couple guys in the podcast oh, yeah. who've probably done that. Uh, mine was at South Inner Lake, which is now Whispering Winds or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Uh, I think it was the Whispering 13th Whispering Winds hole. of Warren. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 352 yards, and it was in the Club 3D Georgie's Golf Tournament. Oh, how about yes. that? <laughs> and I was in a scramble with the general manager at, at Golf Town, uh, Gerard Thompson, and a good friend of mine who's an excellent player, Brian. Uh, he's won the... 
um, municipal. municipal championship a bunch mm. of times. So a little bit of a stacked team. Um, and we're having a good time. And that tee box is, uh, is a joint tee box with, I think it's the sixth or seventh wall on the front nine. This is on the back nine. It's the furthest uh, point from the clubhouse on the property. And when we just happened to be on that tee box, uh, the owner uh, of Club 3D was on the seventh tee box. And I knew him and they're beaking us and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Shout they, out Keith. Yes, Keith Dangerfield. And uh, so we hit our shots and he actually saw me tee off and he saw I hit a pretty good one. And if you know that hole, you can't really see it come down. It's a hair of a dogling. There were some shorter trees that would block your line of sight to the green. But we knew it was pretty good and downwind, uh, it was firm conditions. I mean, I don't hit the ball 352 yards, but on that day, the conditions were such that you could. And uh, we got up there, again, typical story for hole one on a par four. You're looking everywhere, but mm-hmm. in the cup, around the green. I'm looking along the green. My friend Brian was just short of the green. I said, don't pick your ball up yet. I might be X behind the green. I mean, like it was deep bushes back there. And uh, they said, did you check the cup? I'm like, no. So naturally, go look in the hole. There it is. So wow. uh, need to say we... We celebrated that day. <laughs> there was some drinks had. I guess so, yeah. Did you win the tournament? <laughs> uh, so uh, behind you there, I retired the driver and the golf mm. ball. Uh, I used it for the rest of that season, but I retired oh, the okay. driver as well. So, I mean, how often are you going to do something like that, right? I mean, yeah. astronomical yeah. odds. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, I hit an even better drive on the next hole, which is a long par five that I did on that hole. And then the game went to shit after that. <laughs> <laughs> Too much celebrating. There was yeah. a little bit of celebrating, yeah. yes. Yeah. We get it. Well, I think awesome. we shot... 52 yeah, or 54 that? that day, something like that. Something's Holy moly. I can't. We had a bit of a ringer team, yeah. but uh, a one on a par four helps. Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Nice shadow box, too. Mm-hmm. Did you make that? Uh, <laughs> I did not make that. No. <laughs> you wouldn't need the hammer. I hired a professional to <laughs> no, make that. That's good. Um, next one here. Uh, what would be your golf ball brand or model that you're playing? I use uh, uh, Pro V. And, um, I always get the number, uh, is always for that season is, uh, my age. Oh, and, um, cool. interesting. I tried some different, I don't really have a, f- never really had a favorite number. So, um, I thought I'll just do my age, especially, you know, we talked about playing against younger players, mm-hmm. right. And it reminds me that I can still, um, that I can still play well and I can still compete against women that are. 20 years younger than and win and win. Yeah. Um, (laughs) and do well. So, uh, yeah. And then I always have tall one in uh, usually pink on my ball as well. That's, but that's the standard one I use. I don't like having, uh, scuffs on my balls. So, um, Mm. I typically reuse them. I reuse them pretty quickly. Um, uh, but that's been my ball for the last three years or three or four years or so. Yeah. Side note about the younger golfers uh, in the game that Charmin was talking about. I started catting for the last couple of years and uh, this past spring, uh, she's playing in the city and district championship for the first round. We're on the putting green and I look around and I thought we were at the Manitoba junior championship. <laughs> like I'm like, there's Charmaine, 45 years old. And I think the next oldest player was 24 23 years old. Like it was like, wow. Like it it was, it's not a bad thing. It's great that there's young women playing golf and getting super competitive, but there's such a gap. Like Mm -hmm. it's, and even in the am uh, it's Charmaine and Rhonda 
and a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> like it's a, there's such a gap. Where did all the ladies go uh, from mm-hmm. for 15 years uh, right. from, from the competitive scene, anyways? So it's it's just really interesting to see that, and it's cool. I like that she does that. She's like trying to compete with these young girls. I mean, I, I, we we joke about it. It's like every year, technically, it should be getting harder because she's getting older, but they're staying the same age, right? That that young group is all they're all becoming 18 years old years old and university players every year. And she's trying to compete against these girls that are playing a lot more golf than she is. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, it's awesome that she's still doing it and, and, and holding her own. This is definitely a lot, maybe a lot of topic, but um, just um, you think about the guys playing golf and then, and then what women, what happens to women when they graduate from high school. And like, it's a bit of a different path, right? Like mm-hmm. um, I know some dads out there that have young kids, it's harder to get out and play. Um, but you see a lot of women kind of fall off the, um, um, fall off the path of playing competitively because they start their careers and they can't mm-hmm. get the time off. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or they start a family, they get married and start a family and, um, they just disappear for, you know, the late twenties, early thirties into in your early forties. And then you start seeing them come back after a little while, once they've you know done some of those, those big life things, but that doesn't happen as much uh, with the guys, they tend to be able to keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> and playing golf uh, uh, more so than the women do. Um, and so it's hard. It's hard to, to sometimes get out there. Yeah. Get out there and play ladies. I don't mind. Absolutely. Get out there. Got the husbands stay home. With that's the kids right. Well, no, I bring the, I bring the kid to the golf course. Well, that's oh, even yeah. better. Yeah. 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 The yeah. Well, there's a, an old uh, high school buddy of, uh, of ours there. He's, I think he's a doctor now. Um, but I remember he was at a Cinnaboyne and he would, t- his kid was like not even one. And he was out there with the stroller. The kid was like that's sleeping awesome. in the stroller and he was just yeah. bang, banging around. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Why not? Mm-hmm. What's his name? Eric? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we were talking about him at the hockey game the other day. That's maybe yeah. why I brought him up. Anyways. Yeah. I, pin- I pinpointed him across the rink. Mm-hmm. I know where everyone yeah. sits. In Don't worry building. about your career, families, ladies. Get out there and golf. <laughs> I love seeing those social media memes <laughs> yeah. where shows dads and it's uh, that saying is dedicated to the game. And they've got their kids with them, like <laughs> right. in all sorts of <laughs> configurations on the mm-hmm. cart or the modified strollers to their golf bags and uh, just yeah. still playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think we might see that a little bit changing, though, as, as you know, as the, the, the younger generation who are 17, 18, 19, 20 in there, they come back. I think they'll still, you know, keep up with the game because it's a great game. See the during the pandemic, it's like whoa! Everyone's like, let's get out there and golf. So hopefully mm-hmm. it sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, you keep on going on. That was my PSA. <laughs> there was one. There's one video with the Bjorn. What are they called? The uh, the the backpack where they put the baby in baby them. Bjorn. Baby Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a quite a violent swing where this baby's neck was like whiplashing. I was like, yeah, probably uh, not good. yeah, like great social media content, but your kid has whiplash. But uh, anyways, uh, and then, uh, Darren, your your ball. What, what ball are you playing? Uh, well, I'm a little partial. Uh, I'm good friends with Rob McMillan, our mm-hmm. Titleist rep, and I've been playing their product top to bottom for eight or nine years now, maybe longer than that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm a Titleist. I'm Pro V1X, and they just launched a new ball, so it's really exciting. Uh, Pro V1 and Pro V1X, new ball. Shout out to Titleist. Not a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) Not a sponsor Um, yet. Yeah, no, I'm Team Titleist, and and Charmaine's uh, not kidding. I'm uh, pushing her to... represent the same brand and it's i mean they all let's face it all the major manufacturers make a very good product right, yeah, right. and there's going to be something for everybody within their 
their SKUs and their lines. So um, that's just a brand I trust and and uh, I'm affiliated with and have a good relationship with. Mm-hmm. So and I mean, Titleist number one ball in golf has been for ever, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it gives you reassurance that okay, well, this is a uh, if eighty percent of the PGA Tour is using it, I'm probably on the right track here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Did I see Rob? See, did he, there was a picture with him and Timu recently. Oh yeah, he was down there. I think it was yep. yeah. So yeah, that there's a good story California. behind that. So mm-hmm. Rob's down in California on vacation with his family, and the family are massive Timu fans. His wife especially, and his wife and one of the daughters. They have two girls. Go for a tennis lesson, uh, and Rob and the other daughter go to a golf course where. Uh, Dave Woods used to be assistant at St. Charles many moons ago. Uh, now he's uh, down in the States. Um, and Rob's playing this uh, pretty exclusive golf course uh, that Dave's uh, the director of golf at and uh, gets paired with Timu Solani on the wow. first tee. And naturally he's sending his wife messages For and sure. she's just dying. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, she's the biggest Timu fan in the world. She's not yeah. there for it. And so... Uh, the Instagram post and, and Timu is a Winnipeg guy. And obviously he likes his golf. And if you golf in Manitoba, you know who Robin Millen is, you yeah. know, the background with him. And uh, the post I thought was absolutely hilarious. It said, Timu will remember this day for the rest of his life where he got to play with Rob McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the other way around. <laughs> I thought funny. that was great. That's funny. <laughs> Timu's a big tennis guy too. Yeah. Oh, is he? yeah, big yeah. guy, big proponent of the pal too, the Palomino, the old Palomino. Oh yeah, yeah, he loved the pal. Right, he talked about the hot dogs. Yeah, the hot something. dogs, like the Anyways. hot dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good. Well, uh, next one here, uh, your f- most favorite course to play in Manitoba. You can say breezy and pick another one if you want. Yeah, I, I do very much enjoy breezy. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, the whole package, not just the course, just the club. It's just the whole, the whole club experience there is fantastic. Um, Granite Hills, really, really like Granite mm. Hills. Uh, it's just such a challenge. It's and it's beautiful. So I would say mm-hmm. that's one of my good answer. Mm-hmm. Hato, yeah, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. I'm your guys' number one fan. And I know Granite's <laughs> a very popular choice, and it certainly is with me as well. Like Charmin, I try to make it out there once or twice a year, and and play. It's, you don't feel like you're in Manitoba there. It's it's my favorite course to play. That's aesthetically pleasing uh, as a championship golf course uh, to compete. And if I was going to be a member somewhere, I mean, I'm a little biased because I worked there, but I, I love Elmhurst. It's mm-hmm. it's a true test of golf you use every club in your bag the greens are uh, are amazing they're slick and and uh if you don't play there much uh your first game you'll you'll go crazy because you'll see a break and it'll go the other way and you'll think you're losing your mind <laughs> uh so those are sounds two. fun yeah <laughs> and as a side note um we just recently fell in love with oak island, oak island. we've been out there twice the last two years and it is uh, it is really good. And Everyone I can 99% go can confirm that the amateurs there this year. Yes. Not Autocorp yes. amateurs there. Yeah. Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. We said Again. that line. Again. <laughs> you heard it here second time. Cool. Yeah, that would be exciting. Mm-hmm. Trying to line something up there for this summer. Yeah. Oak Island. It's a great, it's just, it's so interesting. It's a gem. That's the best mm. way to describe mm. it. Yep. We'll, we've had a great experience every time we've gone there. 
Fireball. Did you have some fireballs? Like, no, not as much actually, as the Mike, last apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was Official like. drink of Oak Island? I know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. They had the coolers on the carts, and we went into the the pro shop there, and they had them all refrigerated in mm. those little uh, oh, one and a half cold, ounces. So much yeah, it was so cold. Yeah. And it was hot and uh, hot out. And uh, yeah. You know, our last round there this past summer. Um, Darren was sick. Uh, we were out there for two days and he was sick on the Sunday, wasn't feeling well at all, but he still played. That's wow. how much we like the course. Yeah, we I, still I shouldn't have been playing. You shouldn't have been and playing. It was like plus 37, yeah. like just sweltering. Oh. And I'm sick as a dog. And I'm like, but we're out here. I get like one weekend off a of summer, right? Like right. as a golf pro, like I'm playing golf. <laughs> so cool. Did you stay at the cabins there? Or, no, uh, we stayed in Brandon. We just did it. It's like a 20 okay. minute jaunt from yeah. Brandon. Yeah. We, did, uh, we played um, uh, Wheat City's the course the day cool. before, the old rec mm. center, it's called. And the year before, uh, we did the same trip. We did Shiloh and then uh, Oak Island. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. So those are some of the better tracks yeah. out in that That's way. That's what when I went out there. We played Shiloh and then we mm-hmm. played Oak Island. So there are lots of nice courses out that way as we. And they have a driving range at Oak Island. Yeah. And a stage. That's <laughs> and a stage is coming. Stage is coming stage. this summer. And mm-hmm. uh, what's his name's going to play there? We went over this. The guy who sings Fireball. Oh, Pitbull. Pitbull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I emailed Pitbull and uh, didn't get back to me, so I faxed him. But uh, um, a bucket list course in Manitoba that you haven't played yet, Oh, if, you, if that exists. I'm sure everyone always has one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I've never played Nipawa. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, I actually don't know much about it, but I know yeah, it's a place nice, I've never played. Uh, nice elevation changes there. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I've, uh, there's one called Scottswood Links yeah. I've heard about. I drove past it once. Um, mm. I would like to play there too. Mm. Uh, I've played Scottswood. It's been a while, but where that's like south of the city, isn't mm. it? Yeah, towards, we were going out to Killarney, so wherever that direction is. <laughs> yeah. I don't have my compass. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I've played most of the courses I've really wanted to play, I guess. Right. I've been to a lot of places, so those are the two that come to mind that I've heard of, um, but but have never mm-hmm. played. And uh, Buddha? Um <laughs> I, I agree with Charmaine. I've played most of the courses I've wanted to play. I mean, we have over 100 golf courses mm-hmm. in, in the province, um, and I've played most of the ones I've wanted to. But one that I definitely is on my radar that I have not played is um, Minnedosa. Mm-hmm. I know you had Patrick Law. Dosa here. National. I yeah. have not ever played there. I've driven by it, um, but I haven't played there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. I'll have to bug Patrick and see if I can sneak out there sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I we've never played it either. Oh, I went, stopped in there. Yeah, I were. stopped in and said, "Hey, to Patrick, one day uh, we were in Minnedosa for an emergency pharmaceutical pickup from. Uh, we were out at the cabin, but I uh, didn't have time to play it. But uh, yeah, again, lots of elevation changes, stuff you don't really see around the city here. Yeah, it's in that valley too, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, you get nice background." Yeah. yeah. Hopefully less water yeah, less there flooding. this year. Less yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, they had tough, tough times with that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the most memorable course that you've ever played, most in your memorable. opinion? Uh, Silver Tip in Canmore, Alberta. Oh, wow. beautiful, yeah. Uh, it was one of the first really mountainous courses I've played. And uh, it was like every tee box was elevated and you just 
when you hit your drive, it was like it was in the air for 10 minutes, right? Oh, it was yeah, just, cool. it just took forever to come down. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, it was, I don't remember what year it was, but they had just had a bunch of flooding there. Um, yeah. and then they were telling us about how they were on the, uh, on the fairways, just scraping up rocks from the Creek that goes through oh, the course, um, right. that had flooded on, they were just scooping them up with, um, snow shovels actually. Jeez, yeah. This was like a week before we were there. Um, but it j- just, beautiful, super challenging, but, um, yeah, I had never played on a course like that before. And the putting though, the putting was just so difficult. There's, I guess, a couple of mountains that they tell you everything breaks towards the the twin peaks or the sisters or whatever they call them. Right. And it was, I don't Mm -hmm. know, that didn't help me at all. I I think I had more four putts on that course than, than I had ever had before on in (laughs) a round, but, uh, it was just beautiful. Weather was perfect. It was just everything you know came together oh, yeah. and i highly recommend that course we'll put it on the list yeah we'll go play bamp springs and uh what's the other one out that way Cananaskis. yeah yeah there's probably a there's few a lot i hear of those are amazing too. Too. Yeah. Yeah. just goes on and yeah. on yeah. so many good ones right. out there and uh you darren uh course that i've played uh, I have a, a 1A and a 1B for that, sure, I sure. say, and then a Canadian one, uh, so a 1C for Canadian. Oh, Canada. clever. See, see what yeah. I did there? Uh, 1A. <laughs> not would, just looks, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, not that's just right. looks. <laughs> uh, number 1A for sure, uh, it's not even 1A, it's 1, is Whisper Rock. So you may or may not have heard of Whisper Rock. It's, I know a lot of people on the podcast have said all these different courses in Arizona and, and Dinosaur Golden Canyon. I love all those courses mm-hmm. too. But Whisper Rock is in Arizona. It's in North Scottsdale. It's off the map. It's off the grid. Hmm. It's double gated community. It's, two gates? Uh, yeah, two <laughs> gates. You wouldn't get close to that course. <laughs> they see you coming a is mile it, away. Is it one gate in, one gate out? Or is oh, no, it actually like two, two gates levels in? of security. Like, oh, wow. uh, so let me put it in perspective. Um, uh, it's a 36-hole golf course. Um, uh, Mickelson designed 18. I think Pete Dye was the other 18. Um I think it's a quarter million U.S. annual dues. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Jordan, uh, Elway. That was the foursome you played with. Members there, (laughs) they're they're all members there. Like it's it's you're a CEO or an athlete, right? If you're a member there, Mm -hmm. and and the reason it's that exclusive and that expensive and and security so tight is because those people that's their go away where they don't get bugged uh, right like that's, that's where they can go gates. that's why there's two gates <laughs> and i mean uh, i went there i'm lucky enough to actually know a member there who uh um i gave some lessons to back at the old southwood back hmm. in the day who knows right wow. you never know how these golf yeah. networking works and uh i was down there and I've, i think i've played the course i've played both courses the upper course and the lower course uh, I think twice each now. And we take a caddy every time, the full white jumpsuit. And uh, caddies are very knowledgeable. They fill in all the details. And, and like half the New York Yankees had houses within the golf course. Like, uh, wow. and they look like mini malls, right? Like they're the full length of a par five and it's one house. <laughs> like, it's it's yeah. Disneyland for a golf golf person. Like I'm on the putting green and Lauren Roberts is putting next to me. I go in the bar to get a beer and Gary McCord's in there telling stories, right? Like it's just the golf's hoo hoo. Like I'd probably say there's a decent chunk of PGA tour players that are 
uh, members there. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll actually hear some of the announcers sometimes mention that course. Um, say, oh, so-and-so is, uh, back home, he plays at Whisper Rock. Right. I, I don't let Darren talk about that course too much because this is the one that doesn't yes. allow women. Men only. Really? It's men only. Yes. So. It's a little different. They do now. See, Mickelson's a member there and his wife, Amy, plays golf. And so they did make a rule. <laughs> women were allowed to play golf on Sundays after 2 p.m. <laughs> and they had to be with their significant uh, other, yada, yada. It's, it's kind of... Like some of their rules are back in the fifties, but uh, it's an amazing <laughs> golf course, like amazing, amazing golf course, 36 holes. You would actually think it's make believe like we've all played really well-groomed golf courses, but mm-hmm. the lines that you'd think they cut everything with scissors, like hand scissors. It's so pristine and perfect. Yeah. So that would be my one, a one B would be, uh, in Palm Springs. I go for an annual trip down there. Uh, there's a course called Toscana. It's a 36 hole golf course. We had the luxury of playing it, uh, right before the pandemic. And, uh, we didn't know what we were getting into. We just thought it was, you know, we're pros calling around to get a game at different golf courses. And we got on there and it just blew us away. There was eight of us, all golf pros playing and we were just like, wow, this place is really special. So it was, it was very nice. Toscana, it's called in Palm Springs. And then in Canada, the one I was fortunate enough to play, um, I, I worked at Niaqua for one year and Emerson Mahoney was the head pro there. And he, he did a mentorship program uh, with um, another head pro at Hamilton. Uh, which has hosted multiple Canadian Opens. And Emerson, oddly enough, is now the head pro at Hamilton. Mm. Got his dream job out there. And I was lucky enough, um, when I worked there for that one year, he sent me there for, I think it was a week or two, and mentored. Uh, and they and someone from Hamilton came to Niaqua and mentored. So it was, a, a sh- it was kind of a neat program. They did a sharing program. Mm. And so I had an opportunity to play. Um, they had 27 holes there. I got to play them all. And uh, in fact, the year I went, they were hosting the Canadian Open. Um I think in about two and a half months in the, in the pro shop, they had the so many days left to the Canadian open, right? Like it's really getting amped up. So you could see the grooming was starting to get ready for that. And it was just pristine. I mean, that's a, one of the gems in, in Canada. Yeah. Cool. Good answers. Yeah. Freezer truck tour. Freezer truck tour. Yes. <laughs> DQ freezer truck. It's tour. getting longer. Yeah, it's getting tour. very, yeah. People have to stop mentioning these different courses now. Right. Because now we got about right. 50 on the map. We'll have to get, we'll just give a list and be like, which one? Pick it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Bucket list course anywhere in the world. Hmm. Yeah. One you want to get out to. Well, There's wanna, a few obvious ones, but. I want to play in Scotland mm-hmm. someday for sure. And I'd love to get out to the East Coast. I've played in on the East Coast a few times, uh, but I'd love to go to Cabot Links. Mm-hmm. Cabot trails, yeah. That would definitely be. Go. Yeah. Go yeah, both. We, we want to as well. I have a, I have a world <laughs> and I have a Canada. And my sure. Canada is same answer. Cabot's yeah. Links, Cabot's Cliffs. Uh, we have that RBC Scramble I'm sure you guys have heard of. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, we're actually the regional final host for the second year in a row. So it's really neat playing that at my course and involved in the operating of it because it's mm. pretty exciting guys are like if we do well in this we are checking off a bucket list item yeah, like everyone yeah. in that room it, that's a bucket list item so uh, that's definitely my canadian <laughs> bucket yeah. list course but um one that hasn't been said on here that Charmaine and i have actually talked about a few times is i want to play the plantation course in hawaii yes oh nice we actually have it on the sim we oh, it on yeah. the sim it's it's definitely a bucket list course i watch that event every year i know it's not the hardest course 
per se in the world with the 80 yard wide fairways, which I really like, by the way. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's one of those courses that everybody knows, mm-hmm. right? And and you recognize a lot of the holes when you see them. And the, the views. Yeah, I mean, obviously. And you're in Hawaii. Obviously, old course, Augusta, all those ones are mm-hmm. the tip of pebble. But those were kind of ones that probably haven't been mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, most of these are going to be retirement plans yes. because Darren works all summer, <laughs> right. and I'm yeah, off in exactly. July and August. But we don't, we can't, you know, go on golf trips in the summer together. So yeah, why and you can go to in the winter though? Yeah, true. That's Christmas true. Break. Yeah, Christmas break. Yeah. <laughs> Guess you can do the old course in January. You can. Yeah, Probably they're going to be very nice. But they're open most, almost all year round. Yeah. A lot of people play there like Christmas Day is a big thing. Really? But this year, Christmas Day was on a Sunday, and they're not. Ah, a, right. The old course, you can't play on Sundays because oh, it's did a. Not know that. It's a public park. People like oh, walk really? their dogs on Sundays, yeah. with the exception, you know, if they have the open. Yeah. Right. Or if you're a woman, you can play after two. <laughs> I was waiting when you're gonna thread a shot back in there. Yeah. But shout out to Whisper Rock. Yeah. Yeah. No comments. Shout out to Equality. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's a tidbit about the old course. Uh, career low round. Oh, yeah, tournament or not? Yeah, and we won't count the simulator, virtual golf, on much lower on the sim in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, seventy-one, uh, one under par at um, at the fly-in. Oh, fly-in. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Went from not liking it to loving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That changed over the years. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I've been a member there uh, two separate times, so hmm. that get about six years in total. So wow. yeah. 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 I like that course. A good, great course. Like I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I only played it once. Um, uh, you know, second best course in the Steinbeck area, obviously, <laughs> but, uh, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, answer. I don't think there's, there's not a lot of people from Winnipeg that get out there and it's very, you know, it's a day trip. You can go out there, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, mm-hmm. And then Darren, uh, low, low uh, same course flying oh. is my career low round. I was, uh, I think it was the year I was turning pro. I was trying to play a lot of golf that year and, uh, I shot 67 at the fly in. Wow. And my career low competitive round, like in a Manitoba PGA event would have been at Bell Acres. It was actually a Stableford. It was a pro-am and it was mm. a Stableford event. So it gets converted to points, but it's easy to do the math to what you shot. And I was 68 that day. <laughs> Sweet. Very good. And in sim golf. Would be low. <laughs> I think I was, I got, I think I got a 62 in there or lower. Yeah. Depending on the settings, right? Like like Patrick mentioned in one of your podcasts, mm-hmm. you can dummy it down so you can yeah. go crazy low, but we want to try to keep it somewhat realistic. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you do scrambles on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do yeah. a lot of them. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. Especially we get some friends over that aren't really um, strong golfers and they're mm-hmm. a little worried and whatever. Like, let's have a few drinks and play a scramble. Then nice pressure's smart. off, right? Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say here? I got my wild card question, but I, I had thought of one mid mid okay, questioning. Yeah. Go for it. Now I forgot it. Oh, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess my, my question to Charmaine was going to be, and, and JR kind of touched on this, um, maybe more so to junior girls, but, you know, 
how do you think we can grow the game for adult women? Um, and you know, what, what messages would you have to them? Mm. Or for the CPGA professionals out there to get more those women oh, out that's there. That's a tough one. Um, I know there's lots of people trying different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the program that Breezy has, that's the place, the one I know about, um, mm-hmm. like women get into golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been very popular. Um, I don't know exactly what the program is or what it looks like, but I know there's, um, you know, there's nine hole golf play in it. Um, and they're very intentional about, um, bringing the women that are in that program playing like into our um, ladies open ladies closing and and then uh, on Wednesdays is our, our ladies league in the morning. And so really incorporating and encouraging them to play with us. And then we've been really um, encouraging to them. Like when we, when we see them out there, we like, we invite them. Mm -hmm. And so I think just being really inviting, um, just like we do in teaching, uh, um, in school, we, you know, you start with where people are at and make them feel comfortable there and then bring them forward. So, and having different things available, right. Not just putting everybody in one pot, right. Like not all women golfers are the same. Some do like competition and, but some like the non-competitive. So having, um, those two different versions, whether it's, um, a ladies league or a more, Um, like even our club championship, right? Like having those different divisions, I think is inviting Um, and just being aware too of different tee boxes and the the yardages and even the, and then the contests, like, like just lots of variety. Mm -hmm. And I think you catch more people that way. Yeah. Um, Advice I can give is, um, is just, just keep doing one, one step at a time, but keep trying, right. Just keep going. Um, um, You know, if you're not comfortable, you know, to play nine holes first, right? Um, don't keep score. Don't worry about the score. Um, find and then also surround yourself with people that encourage you and that you feel safe with and comfortable with, right? But also push yourself a little bit. Take that next step to go out of your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry. Don't worry as much about how the other people in your group are playing. Um, and just uh, like just accept where everyone's at and, and go out and enjoy the weather, enjoy each other's company, right? So take that next step and play with people that are a little that are maybe better than you and and have an open mind. And uh, educators always talk about growth mindset, right? And think about how um, um, how you can take your next step and where you can grow and and from where you're at, no matter where that is. So just keep just keep trying and take that next next step forward. Well said. Well and, said. And maybe get some clothing that can fit some folks who are a little bit taller. Ah, uh, yes. That's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right? You can't put everyone into one pot, like you said. Mm. No, but you know what? I did start wearing some more um, uh, tribal clothing. Uh, I don't know if no. you know that no. brand, tribal brand. Uh, they only make women's clo- only women's mm. clothing. So, so a lot of it's is casual non-golf, but they're getting more into... Um, into golf clothing and some of their tops, um, because I'm six feet tall, the tops are often too short and I'm not comfortable swinging and showing, uh, you know, my midriff. So right. I, um, neither uh, am I, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just does it on its own. Though, right? It just happens. So I've been finding that, uh, under armor and, uh, definitely tribal, um, have uh, longer shirts that I can wear. So, but it is frustrating. Mm. It's definitely, fr- I'd yeah. love to know where some of the, 
taller players on tour, like, you know, the like Nelly Corda yeah. and stuff. And, and when like, you know, Michelle Wee was playing, like maybe they guess they have their clothes custom made or something because they always have long enough stuff. And I find it really hard to find long enough um, shirts, not just shirts, like even like the outerwear or the, out, you know, the top layer or whatever, just it's, it's, yeah, it's hard to find those. Maybe fax uh, Nelly there. <laughs> See if she, yeah. I don't know if she has a fax number. We'll put in the link tree if she does. Everyone has a fax. For the record, Corey Oaks, sans fax machine. We're moving on. Oh, that's too bad. All that's right. why you didn't Can't, get my earlier get messages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've only played there once. No fax machine. We don't play. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you book tea times. I was, uh, this is very off topic. And I was, uh, I was playing around with chat GPT. Oh yes. Which yeah. is this AI thing. That's mm, very, yeah. We're having a lot of talk about that in the education right, world, right? Yeah. With kids, uh, just, Writing, having it write their essay. Write me an essay for gender equality. Yeah. Like like I said, uh, what (laughs) I just typed in, what hurdles does golf face in the future? And then it lists like seven different things here and they're all on point. And then I said, provide questions to ask a golf professional. And that's my whole interview. Really? (laughs) I'm just kidding. But but it does say that. (laughs) And the one was how can virtual golf change the game of golf? And it was like a well-written paragraph about virtual golf. I'm not going to read it. And I, the other one I, re- I searched was uh, Explain Golf in Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> what did it come back with? Golf in Manitoba refers to the sport of playing golf in the Canadian province of Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's, it's trying to hit a word count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Manitoba is known for having a strong golfing culture with numerous golf courses located throughout the province. Top courses in Manitoba include Niaqua, St. Charles, Glendale, and Tuxedo. Interesting that mm. that's on the top four there. Okay. Uh, shout out to Tuxedo. Uh, beautiful uh, eighth hole you have there right now. Uh, anyway, so I won't go on, but it, it did give me like five more sentences. But uh, chat GPT, we are uh, on the cusp of the What's technology changing? here at 18 over par. Yeah. Uh, just, we're not even speaking right now. This is just a ge- <laughs> AI generated yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Darren, wild card for you, uh, on the similar lines, do you uh, have your, do you have your, your notes there? Oh yeah, you do. You got it I right got there it. at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I know. I know what the question is. Um, or do I? Yeah. So, uh, golf professional at Quarry Oaks, uh, I saw that you guys had some, uh, great junior programs there. So how are you growing the game over at Quarry Oaks? I think uh, in the same regard, you'll see a lot of facilities. Um, obviously, the Angles Juniors, for sure. Ladies try to offer uh, a non-competitive ladies' night. Uh, we're just come out. It's more of a, about the socializing and networking than it is about the score and the competitiveness of it. We draw for prizes. Everyone's got a chance to win, right? So you try to take that competitive aspect out of it. Because I think um, we'll talk about ladies first, then juniors. The, I think the biggest issue is the comfort zone. They feel so far out of their comfort zone at a golf course. If they played once maybe with their husband and yelled at them the whole time, you walked in my line, you did this, oh, you're not supposed to move when I'm hitting it. You know, it's just a terrible negative experience and then I'm never going back, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you get them to feel comfortable in an area they know nothing about and all they think about is all these rules and policies that a golf course has so you Mm -hmm. try to make it as light and friendly and welcoming as Charmaine mentioned as you can you try to make it welcoming come out you know 
have a good time. There's good times to be had here. It's not necessarily about the golf. Golf is the physical activity you're doing, but it's a, it's a socializing event. That's what golf really is, mm-hmm. right? And for the juniors, yeah, we're trying to, we have a, a pretty strong junior program. We offer clinics in the springtime. Um, we have two different age groups, six to 11, six to 10, six to 10 and 11 to 15. And we fill them up and uh, unfortunately we cap it uh, because we sell out every year. Mm. Uh, we have 50 in each um, age group. And it's kind of like a camp. Uh, we do a Saturday for a few hours. And because of our really strong, world-class practice facility, uh, we rotate the kids from station to <laughs> Some might to say it's the best in the some province. Might, some might say. Um, I'm going to have to update the website. Uh, best, out, best practice facility outside of Winnipeg. Well, I guess Ooh, outside Winnipeg of Winnipeg. Area. I could probably get away with that. Southwood might be outside of Winnipeg if we are yeah. assuming that they are the first mm-hmm. in that yeah. uh, contest. But yeah. Who's voting? Like, just know. me and JR. Well, yeah, we'll put it on the link tree. Put out the vote. You do up a Google Doc. Yeah. We'll do up the vote. <laughs> Anyways, we have the junior program and they rotate three different stations. So there's a putting station, a short game area station, and then full swing on the driving range, which is kind of nice. So they get all avenues of the game. Cool. And uh, we do that for uh, multiple hours and fill them full of sugar and hand them back to their parents. Yeah. And then <laughs> Smart. we do the same thing the following week, same thing, and obviously with a little review and and yeah. uh, and we uh, try to do some contests there and and uh, for, for extra freezies, even more sugar. <laughs> and it works out really good. Um, and then the older age group, you use a little bit stronger um, terminology. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get a little bit more detail, right? Because uh, their vocabulary is a little stronger. Mm. Um, a little more in depth. We do bunkers with the older age group. We don't do bunkers necessarily with the super younger age group. And uh, yeah, it's it's helping grow the game. We give them all hundred kids get free memberships uh, for oh, the wow. season. That's pretty good. Yeah, I read so, that. Yeah, that's they, cool. they sign up for the, uh, wow. the, the course or yeah, whatever. If, if they sign up for the program, um, they get a membership for the whole season. Wow. Yeah. They just need, obviously at the super young age, they need supervision there. Yeah. But, sure. uh, <laughs> yeah. There's some, there's some, uh, uh, stipulations, but not, nothing too heavy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's good. Um, I want to get into, um, golf and schools. It's a program that's kind of back, mm-hmm. uh, in Manitoba now. Um, I, I know curling's doing it, uh, cause there's your core sports you play in, especially like elementary school and middle school. Uh, I call it junior high still. That's mm-hmm. how old I am. <laughs> and, you know, they teach basketball, volleyball, you know, the core sports, track and field, but they never taught curling or golf. And how do we get these kids to break into these sports? And um, I've, I've listened to your podcast and the guys are saying the same things. Like, unless a parent's a member at a private club and brings them along with them, how do kids actually get into the game, right? So if they need to get introduced to them into the schools, uh, mm. that's a great way to do it. And you've, at the younger ages, it's with plastic clubs, foam balls, those kind of things, like really, really young uh, until they're ready for golf equipment. And gym instructors are great, but they can only go so far uh, when you're teaching a very technical specific sport like golf mm-hmm. and that's where uh, a pro could come to those schools and aid them educate them provide them some documentation be present you know for certain uh uh opportunities to instruct um that would be huge uh, another program that's just rolling out into manitoba is actually from the states the first t program mm-hmm. so that got introduced at the golf manitoba awards banquet 
uh, oh, last, wow. fall. Yep. last yep. fall. And it's a massive program. It's a prairie chapter. They're doing Manitoba and Saskatchewan. And I think I overheard the president of Can- Gulf Canada say, it's like $1.5 million US dollars that they're putting into this Ooh. program yeah, within, gonna, I think it's within the really two big. provinces. It's going to be Excellent. massive. It's basically taking over a program that's been dissolving for the last few years, which was uh, uh, Future Links, which oh, is yes, a Canadian yeah. program. Um, and it was a good program that had some good structure to it, but it was starting to fall by the wayside and it was getting a little dated. And now, so this is coming in. It's very successful, wildly successful in the States. And I think that's going to help rejuvenate um, junior golf at all different age groups. Awesome. We're just waiting to see how it plays out. It's literally brand, brand new. And again, heard it here first. We, we've talked about uh, it is. Yeah. This probably is first talking about it. Uh, the, the ironic story is we talked about how small the golfing community is, uh, especially Manitoba and the gentleman that's been hired, uh, to look after the Manitoba region of first tee. Uh, his name's Michael. He worked for me at Corey Oaks in oh, my no first way. year there. <laughs> and he got the job and sent me an email a week after he got the job saying, Darren, uh, I got to talk to you. Uh, I just got this job. And, mm. and so we, we talked on the phone for like two hours and I'm wow. like, okay, you gotta get, you gotta talk to this guy, this guy, this guy, Derek Goodwin was one of those people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I gave him, uh, Deb Pritchard, our, our new executive director's contact info, because he's going to need some assistance from golf pros mm-hmm. to run these programs. So I was just trying to help him get his ducks in a row. But it's amazing that that a guy that I know is actually looking after the program that worked for me. That's just how small the <laughs> golf community is in our province. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, good news. Good, very good news. Yeah, it's good news coming our way. So we come to our, our ninth question here. Um, what is your favorite condiment? Oh, I <laughs> knew you were going to ask this. And yeah. I forgot to think about it. Oh, yeah, you're great. You're great hosts here. Yeah, lots of condiments weather, tonight: yeah, salsa, condiment. sour yeah. cream, <laughs> yeah. cheese. Yeah. Not any licorice yet? No, you're right. No licorice. It may be a little late for licorice now, but I don't know. Condiment. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Hado knows. You know, you first, first you go first. Easy for me. Dijon mustard. Boom. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I'll put that oh. stuff on anything. Mm. Dijon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta be spicy stuff. Yep. Okay. I'm going to flip the question a little bit. So, okay. I don't, you know, like, well, I use ketchup and relish or whatever. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, but well, I like. Depends on the food item. I, li- I guess. Uh, this mm-hmm. isn't a condiment, but I love butter. So oh, yeah. Butter oh, yeah. I would yeah. consider it a condiment. Yeah? I think you okay. could. I think you can get rid of that. I need to know the definition of <laughs> Well, would, would you put butter on a hot dog bun if you say you're having a hot dog well, or no, a hamburger? No, no, you know, you don't do, do that? that? Okay. No, but... But like a butter and on a nice piece of bread or oh, yeah. those butter boards Potato. I keep seeing. Yeah, oh, what yeah. is up with those butter oh, boards? Yeah. Yeah, we won't get into that. That's a, <laughs> I want to get into <laughs> butter no, boards. We're not. Mm. No. <laughs> and cheese. cheese. I love cheese. So yeah, I will put cheese on uh, whatever I can. Do you have a favorite type of cheese? Uh, I'm really into feta mm, these days. Mm-hmm. Like especially, I often will have scrambled eggs for breakfast. Yeah. And I love scrambled eggs with some cut up um, cherry tomatoes. And feta cheese. You put the feta in the no. In, I put it on because I want to taste. Okay. I really taste it, so it doesn't really melt. It gets yeah, a little yeah. soft being right. right on the eggs, but uh, okay. yeah. So feta cheese for sure. Cool. Love feta cheese. Very good. I'm gonna try that. Feta cheese. Like me some eggs. Yeah. Well, that was it. Was it? Do you have any other wild card questions? No. No, because this was a long one, but it was a doozy. But that yeah. was the back nine. Did they around. have anything else for yeah. us? Well, let me do a wrap first. Okay, you guys wrap think about it. that. We'll wrap the back nine landing ground for uh, Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 
446. Also have his information in our link tree. Yeah, it is. It's getting late. Yeah, I just looked it's getting up. late. It's 1030 at night here. Tomorrow. Sorry. I know. Hey, Mike asked too many questions. <laughs> <laughs> He's sleeping in. It happens, but uh, we will get you guys some goodies as well from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the Food Court, DQ Niverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. So I don't know if you guys have any other questions for us. If you just want to call it a wrap, I think this has been a great show. Very informative. Yeah. yeah awesome. I really appreciate you guys you. letting us into your home. Beautiful house. Beautiful uh, facility you got here. Mm-hmm. It's been great. And I just wanted to say you guys do an awesome job. This podcast is perfect. It's what Manitoba needs. It's good. Mm. It's helping uh, grow the game, whether you realize it or not. Mm. And uh, Absolutely. I wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward with it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I it's, echo it's that fun. for sure. Well, yeah. we'll keep on. We will see you tomorrow at the simulator. Right here. We're staying the night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for hosting us. And have yourself a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Bye. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo! brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. <laughs>